and welcome back to A Sprinkle of Disney. We're sharing episode 39 with you today. One away from 40. <laughs> you said it, I didn't. <laughs> I see your face was itching to say it. Um, so if you're new here, then a very magical welcome to you. And thank you to all of the lovely listeners who keep coming back episode after episode. We really appreciate you. <laughs> yes. um, we probably still record it if no one listened, but it's nice to know other people enjoy what yeah. we have to talk about you gain nice. something from yeah. the experience you learn something you can relate maybe Very you know true. and if that's how you feel then you you know and you maybe leave us a review that's also great um so nice if segue. you haven't thank you thank you we're getting good at them <laughs> so if you haven't left us a review yet and you think i've got a spare 30 seconds to hit those stars and just let people know what i think there you go. <laughs> There's your sign. Uh, and if you fancy owning your own Spencer Disney merchandise, then head to the description below where you can find all of our merch from um, hoodies to mugs and stickers and T-shirts and all sorts. Um, yeah. We strongly recommend. Collection. Yeah. <laughs> we are proud of it. We still need to own more from it, but we are proud yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> we keep saying we're going to get more and then... I just never happens. I took to the ever grabbing list of things I need to buy for myself and I never do. Well, that's true. Hashtag adult. Yeah. Adulting. Yeah. (laughs) So we're very excited, as we always are, about Mm. today's episode. When are we not excited? Let's be honest. Um, We are back with another Pixar film and we're discussing the newest film, which released last, like two weeks ago now. Yeah, just well, it was like yeah. just over a week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feels like it's been out ages. I know. Um, so clearly, it's had that effect. <laughs> um, and of course, it is turning red, which I'm sure you will have seen much about, but um, you may have watched it. If you haven't watched it, there obviously will be spoilers. <laughs> so if you're yeah. conscious of that sort of thing, you don't like things being ruined for you. Then go and watch it first, and then and come this back. This is your this official warning. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're the kind of person that likes to gauge whether they'd like something by hearing what happens in a film, because there are people that do that, um, and that's perfectly fine. Then just continue listening, and then go and watch the film. What, whatever works for you <laughs> works for us. <laughs> so we'll be discussing our thoughts on the music, the characters, and obviously like the themes as well as messages. And we'll be giving it our classic score out of ten. Um, because would it be a Sprinkle of Disney podcast episode without a score out of 10? I don't True. think it would. No, I don't think it would, but I also forgot about <laughs> the score out of 10, and uh, I don't know how I managed to forget, because it's always there, but... It's something about it, like, lurking. So, like, it's hovering <laughs> over me, like, I've got something hovering over me, like, <laughs> building like, up to the moment. When wake I up in the middle of score. the night, like, I haven't, yeah, I need to know what my score is for <laughs> turning red on the podcast. It's like I'm declaring something at customs or something. Like, I don't know what it is. It just feels like such a big deal. And well, I guess it is because you mm. guys might really enjoy finding out what, what scores we give it and compare it to what you'd give it. So, yes. So we'll be giving our, our score. So make sure to listen to the end uh, to, to see the reveal. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. So that brings us on to fun fact number one. So Turning Red marks the very first time that a character breaks the fourth wall in a Pixar film. The movie starts off with May talking directly to the audience, which director Domi Shi says was inspired by the shows and movies that she loved as a teenager, like Lizzie McGuire. 
one inspiration. There are definitely Lizzie McGuire vibes to this film. Yeah, definitely. With like the awkwardness and like clumsiness and like, I, yeah. I just love it. I love yeah. it. That's cool. pretty cool. I know. Because cool. um, I'm not always a fan of like characters like breaking out and breaking the fourth wall because sometimes it can just be a bit cringy and awkward, but in this film, oh, it yeah. really works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that brings us on to segment number one, where we introduce the film, provide an overview of the plot, the background, and the reviews and reception of the film as well. So the film is based in Toronto in Canada, and it's the first Pixar film to be based in Canada, which is quite cool. It actually took me a while to realise that when I was watching it, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Geography is not my strong suit. And it's actually based 20 years ago in 2002, which is very nostalgic. It's the first yeah. Pixar film to be solely directed by a woman. It's directed by Johnny Shi, and Henning Red is actually her feature directorial debut. Um, she's done shorts for Pixar in the past. Um, I think, was it yeah. Bao? Was that her? Yeah, that, Bao, yeah. that was her, yeah. She obviously, yeah. I think, like, was nominated for awards and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. showed her promise. And so this is it's really cool. This is her first full feature-length directorial yeah. debut. It's really cool. Yeah. It's a big one to take on, but it's really cool. You wouldn't think it, I don't think, from watching the film. No, no. No, and the film actually began development back in um, 2018 after Domi Shi pitched it in 2017. It's been quite a long road to get to where we are now. It had its world premiere on March the 1st of 2022 this year, and then it was released on Disney Plus in countries where the service is available on March 11th, 2022 this year. It was actually released theatrically in countries where the streaming service wasn't um, available. And it was originally intended, as we mentioned in our last Pixar episode, we talked about how it was originally intended to be released in um, cinemas um, and like movie theatres across the world. Um, But it was during the whole Omicron variant disruption during COVID. So that rapid spread um, ultimately resulted in the change being made to switch from cinema times to Disney Plus only. Um, so we have a controversial decision and we'll discuss that a little bit more later, mm. I think. But um, yeah. that's kind of the background of the film overall. The plot, <laughs> strap yourselves <laughs> in, because when you read the plot... <laughs> when you read the plot in isolation, like, it just sounds crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah. the film follows, as we said, it's based in 2002 in Toronto, Canada and it follows Maylin Lee or May for short she's 13 years old she goes to school and she's um from a Chinese Canadian family a lot of pressure at home to perform and she's got like quite strict parents and she's kind of a straight A student the classic perfect student girl um that we see in like in teenage movies and stuff um so she puts all this pressure on herself she's got a great group of friends but doesn't hang out with them that much because she's got so much to do at home like she helps her mum run their family temple for their job and she's doing homework and playing instruments she just never really stops Mm. she gets very very stressed she's also really into this boy band um with her friends and stuff so all of this is is very contextual at the beginning but very important (laughs) as we find out later on um so this is how it introduced to me and then the kind of it, the beginning actually is quite dense compared to maybe what you'd expect but may has a crush <laughs> on yeah. this um one of the guys in the band and then that crush kind of then develops into something like on of this teenage guy who works in a video store like a grocery shop around the corner yeah 
She's making like doodles as all 13 year olds do in their book. And then her mum finds the doodles, assumes that this boy is a predator and is preying on her poor innocent child, drives the car <laughs> to this shop, makes a massive ordeal where she basically like, <laughs> this guy basically being a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like fully exposes yeah. these drawings. Brings out the drawers. The May has also stood there. All of her classmates have stood there. It's very embarrassing. Oh, so embarrassing. It's, yeah, it's very awkward to watch. Um, and then that night, May is obviously very embarrassed. She has a nightmare all about red pandas and what happened in the day. And then, oh, I should mention, red pandas are important because the family temple, like her ancestors kind of have like a special connection with red pandas. That's kind of part of yeah. their um, family culture and heritage. So then this, which is why it's important because the next morning, <laughs> wakes up as a red panda yes a giant red a panda, giant red panda. Well. not a well, realistic size red panda <laughs> no no it's more like an actual panda's size but bigger yeah but a red panda very very yeah very big um she obviously freaks out ends up in the bathroom her mom thinks she started her period it's all just the whole house is just chaos and basically the <laughs> film follows this idea of may initially kind of thinking that she needs to get rid of this curse on her but then mm. explores how the curse is actually kind of a gift in a certain way and it's about how she's trying to disobey her parents to an extent to go to a concert is the ultimate underlying theme of the film mm. is she just wants to go to a concert and her mum said no so she uses this gift to help her and her friends earn enough money to go to this concert all along, along the same line her mum is trying to plan for this big um like ritual type thing if you like yeah to basically turn her back into a non <laughs> a non-red panda person <laughs> um a human <laughs> yes because <laughs> well, she's still a human when she's not a red panda so yeah know. yeah yeah and the, oh, the reason it happened is because like her great great ancestor sun yi had a was given a gift to become a great like a red panda to protect her daughters way way back when and since then mm. every female family member has had this transformation when they came of age in the bed commas and the problem is all that real embarrassment that happened for me in, in the, the, the video store and all that pressure you put on herself has triggered this strong emotion because the panda mm. is triggered by strong emotion so it's all very intense and mm. um, so they kind of want to have this ritual on the night of the red moon but oh no the red moon is now the same night as the concert Heaven <laughs> of course <forbid>. it <laughs> <laughs> of course and um, so it's all about kind of May trying to figure out where she sits as a teenager in this life where her mum wants to be one thing and she doesn't really know who she wants to be and yes that's kind of the theme of the rest of the film and there's some like aunties and grandmothers appear towards the end and the squad then her mum <laughs> mum has some form of transformation they go to the concert the concert is a bit of a disaster for other reasons is when the mum becomes a big giant 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 red yeah. panda <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> the biggest red panda i think i've ever seen as a concept yeah. ever in my life mm-hmm. and so it's all about family and love and women and it's great um and basically at the end so spoilers we've already warned but like all the other women in her family kind of break their like bonds if you like to the bread panda to save her mother mm-hmm. and then which we'll explain more in a bit but to explain to save them more they all go back to being non-red panda humans <laughs> but may yeah. decides she wants to keep her panda because she can control it and it's obviously a symbol for about keeping that part of you that's a little bit weird and makes you unique yeah and <laughs> <laughs> so, very well explained yeah it's, it's, it's quite, quite a difficult one i think to pinpoint the it plot is, because it's quite the plot simple. simple 
Yeah. There's so much happening. So much happening. It's so chaotic. <laughs> and all those little like elements are important because they trigger things. Yeah. It's the kind of yeah. film where not one big action triggers something. It's like loads yeah. of little things trigger things on the yeah. way. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite a complicated film, really. For such a it is, film. yeah. At its yeah. essence, a girl gets upset, turns to a red panda, tries to turn back, decides to speak it, stay a red panda. The end. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> That to simplify yeah yeah uh, that's what the film is about um it's obviously <laughs> you know in short it's obviously been around for just over a week um and so but there's been a lot of reception and reviews already haven't mm. there it's been an invent- yeah. almost a controversial film which i just mm. don't think it is but because it's about you- women well <laughs> heaven forbid <laughs> i'm just gonna say it already i know we're not there yet but i'm yeah already done with people so <laughs> well yes you're not wrong and we can talk about that later like you say because we'll be talking characters yeah. later but um for now yeah. let's discuss reception and reviews yeah what, how's it going so the score at the moment on imdb is 7.1 that's pretty good out of 10, which is pretty good like i feel like it's lower than some of the other ones and mm. I feel like that is because you'll see them in the reviews in a minute I think it's because of um certain reviews bringing it down for so annoying really not fair reasons not just that obviously but I do think that that kind of influences the score especially quite a when lot it's together. a newer film and there's less yeah. reviews to take into consideration like exactly. one bad review can really pull it down knocks it. it yeah exactly so yeah, still really good score though. Um, and Rotten Tomatoes. So this is what's interesting. Um, the critics have given it ninety five percent. So the critics really enjoy yeah. the controversial and in inverted commas um, story. That really surprises like, me. Film. Yeah, I thought that they would, yeah. you know, like people would be slamming it because, well you know what what you've read like parents have like said that they would never oh. let their children watch this film all those sort of things you think that maybe some of them would try and play on that you I know like think the from, articles from a more basic point though if we look at what their critics usually like mm. this in inverted commas is a cringy film it's on purpose yeah, and it's knowingly yeah. cringy and that's kind of part yeah. of its its identity so critics very rarely like that kind of stuff they can normally yeah. appreciate it to an extent but don't kind mm-hmm. of value it in its authenticity and its um and its value i guess so mm. that surprises me it's, it's good i like that they've done that because they, they haven't let the kind of cringy sugar coating kind of obscure their whole view yeah yeah no it's good i think it to me it like indicates that they haven't just like switched off like they've mm. actually watched the film because i think it's quite easy for this sort of film to maybe watch the first 10 15 minutes and then yeah. be like this isn't my vibe i'm not yeah. even watching the rest of it but it's one of those films where you have to watch it like yeah. the whole way through because you need all of the parts to it so um yes yeah, so they gave it 95% the audience gave it 72% which is very similar to the IMDb score it's so a that big kind of difference that though isn't it between critics and like 20% mm-hmm. different it's quite big it is between like critics and audience I feel like that's because one of the reasons I think critics is higher usually is because they're looking for specific things that tick mm. specific boxes and I feel like this film has a lot of things in it that they probably would be looking out for especially yeah. in a pixar film as well so whereas audience are just so easily like like also like people can make their own opinions but audiences can be so swayed by other people's opinions as well like so their review could be swayed by the review that they've seen yeah. before they've left their own review if you know what i mean so they might have gone on thinking you know like we're going to give it like an eight and then they read someone's review below that was like a five yeah. and they're like 
so yeah so yeah um but it's interesting to the, like the audience in general seemed to give it about a seven like out of ten seventy percent so it is you can tell there's some like pushback from mm. the audience because it's obviously not like a perfect score and then um on metacritic it was given 83 percent so that's quite oh, high wow, yeah. as well and again obviously critic critic so it's interesting the critics seem to have received it yeah. very well um so what did they say though <laughs> well <laughs> um there's quite a lot of british ones on here that wasn't intentional but they just oh. had some good reviews so in the observer they said that turning red is a fizzing squealing adolescent explosion <laughs> of a movie that nails a fundamental truth about growing up i love yes. that i, I love i feel like that really like has the, that's the vibe like they've mm. they've described the vibe in that one sentence of the film I yeah, think very well and I'm not in a way where they're like trying to be like demeaning to it like they are appreciating the tone um which is nice yeah. and then in the independent they've said that it's a charming coming of age story with lovely pops of imagination and a refreshing lack of queasiness when it comes to its themes of puberty and adolescent sexuality yes yeah yeah I think that's the thing like it's very like like it's not do you know what I mean like it's upfront about like what it's addressing but it's not being like this is the whole like thing of this is the whole point of the story yeah I think it finds quite a nice balance isn't it is it finds the yeah. balance of like addressing serious issues but also not being patronizing or kind of in your face yeah. with them and it also Super doesn't flexible. make them the center of the whole film exactly yeah, yeah it's quite it's quite a clever balance yeah it's not like a pushed agenda like throughout the whole thing and then you're, you're sat there thinking all right like we get it yeah like, yeah it's not like that so they Pixar are very, very good maturely. at that I think yeah yeah very good um and <laughs> in the Empire magazine um they've said that it's a daring distinctive and downright delightful debut alliteration Ooh. from Domi Shi and a welcome change of pace from Pixar turning red is appropriately its own beast and one that's easy to love it is Aww. definitely a beast. <laughs> it's a beast yes. of a film. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but yes, that's um, that's a nice review as well. I like, like that one, yeah. So you, can, you can see like where the critics um, have got their score from. Mm. And um, in the San Francisco Chronicle, they've said that it succeeds in hitting all the right emotional notes and it's real magic lies in its unabashed uh, celebration of the joyful chaos of girlhood within <laughs> a proud Asian immigrant family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's also really like important, I think, yeah. um, to the story. So yes, there's just so many things addressed in this film. It's just so great without I it know. being like pushing your face. And it's just so and natural. It, and it's how it should be. Like if I said before, we look at yeah. other, you know representation. It shouldn't be like mm. look at this token person who's different from everybody else. Yeah, when there's a real representation, it's the whole film. It's not shoved in your face. It's not like mm. made us sit the whole time going, "I'm from a Chinese background. I'm from a Chinese." Yeah, background. yeah. It's part of who she is and who she presents herself, and she's yeah. still an interesting character, and that's not all that defines her. I think lots of. Yeah films in the past have made the mistake of if they've had someone who is um like from a different cultural background that's become mm. that character's whole personality and that's what yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's what makes them interesting yeah. as a character yes. yes so I think the way this yeah. film does it is a, re- is a really nice balance of like mm. it's just natural yeah it is it's natural because you don't think twice no. about anything like it all makes sense yeah you don't feel like anything's being pushed in your face just for the sake of like oh we've ticked yeah. that box in this film it's all very much like they know what they're trying to say. Yeah. They're saying it in a really relatable, 
and understandable way for whoever the audience is that's watching it. Yeah. Um, so um, Variety has said that it's an irresistibly cute and thoroughly, it's also thoroughly unashamed of its own silliness. Um, this is interesting though. They said that it may be second tier Pixar, but the emotions run every bit as deep as in the studio's best. I think I kind of get what they're saying in the sense that it doesn't feel to me like a classic Pixar film, and I'll, I'll touch on that yeah. later. But I wonder if that's why it's cut a lot of the emotion, I think, of a, of a and the story and the creativity in the words and stuff mm. of a Pixar film. But I think because it's a very domestic film, that may be like landscape animation beauty that we're used to from Pixar, mm. I think is shown in a different way in this film. So I wonder if that's what they mean. Yeah, maybe. I, I had, there were quite a lot of reviews saying how like they didn't feel like it was one of the best mm. Pixar films. I feel like it's hard to say like, you know, why it's like a second tier Pixar yeah. film. Um, and I'm not saying I don't agree that it's like not a, one of the best films, but I just think it's interesting um, that people have felt like it's missing something mm. potentially like of Pixar. Yeah. Um, so yes. And then lastly in the Atlantic, um, they said overlook turning red at your peril is the best thing Pixar produced in recent memory and perhaps the studio's most emotionally nuanced and thematically clever film since Inside Out. It is very mm. clever. It is. It um, is. And it is emotional, very emotional as well. Like, um, but again, in a clever way, like in a surprising like way, I think for me, like things I didn't think I would find emotional in this film, I did. Yeah. So it definitely surprised me because I, I thought it was going to be very silly and yes, like yeah. not, not too serious but obviously they kind of came hand in hand I yeah. think in this film yeah so so yeah um so that's what the critics thought but then the audience had different <laughs> different <laughs> ideas um so um in IMDb someone said that it felt very genuine very personal and very honest and that it's something that Pixar always finds new ways of doing to make me cry in the end, it isn't Pixar's best, but it's certainly a very worthy film and it's ever-expanding catalogue, but have plenty of fun moments and loads of heart. So again, mm. again, we've got someone saying it's not one of the best. Um, this one's interesting because someone said that the characters of Turning Red are everyday people. You know them, you've grown up with them. If you're a millennial or a Zoomer, you certainly have lived in this world. Turning Red embraces every cringy aspect of puberty and... Uh, when it does, those are its best moments of the film. I also enjoyed the cultural mosaic that Turning Red captures of 2002 Toronto. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love the fact that it's set, like, in such a nostalgic time, like, yeah. especially, obviously, for us. Like, it's a very nostalgic. Like, there's so many things, like, references in it, and, like, Tamagotchi's and things the like that. Tamagotchi was such a big one, yeah. Yeah, and, like, the music as well. Mm. Like, it was so, it, yeah, it really felt like it was like like what it was like when I was a teenager so they did that very well um and yes and then someone else said that it's entirely comfortable in its own skin it's proud of what it is and who it's for it tells a familiar story in an unfamiliar way and as such is really refreshing which yeah mm -hmm. I think that's the thing like they don't just tell like a generic story of like a girl growing up and like yeah I feel like the way they've done it is so clever and accessible to, like I said before, accessible to anyone that watches yeah. it, like to kids, to adults, like no matter who's watching yeah. the film, they'll understand the message of it. Um, so, yes, I agree with that as well. Um, this one's interesting. I wonder how you'll feel about this one. 
So someone said that this latest movie, as well as Brave, to a lesser extent, also Luca, show a slight flattening to Pixar standards, which I'm not saying are bad, but they lack that typical modern tell and sneaky Pixar genius. I don't Excuse understand. me. What a random collection of films. And how, well. well, and how interesting that they identify the two films. Obviously, the, so this one was obviously directed solely by a woman. Brave mm. is the only other Pixar film I'm aware of that because it was co-directed by a woman. Couldn't yeah. give a woman full control about that in heaven forbid. No, it's too how soon. Inter- <laughs> how interesting. How interesting. Mm. That they- I wonder if that was a man. <laughs> Probably, that let's be honest. <laughs> We don't expose on here, but I mean, do, but I have a feeling it probably was. A man. How can you turn yeah. around? Because again, because like obviously this film and um, Brave in particular, obviously about mother daughter mm-hmm. relationships. So if mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. not a mother or a daughter, I guess maybe it doesn't connect with you as much. But we said this about Pixar films before: is not everyone is going to relate to every single issue or concern yeah. or theme. That's just the way it is when you when you're dealing with such deep emotional ideas not everyone's going to come up with everything so not every film is made for you but every film in the world is going to be made exactly for you and that doesn't mean yeah. that it's a lesser quality or it's flat it just means that it maybe doesn't connect with you as much so yeah. take that random person <laughs> yeah we've always said that there's a pixar film out there for everyone yes. like that's why we have different favorite pixar films because yeah. usually our favorites are the ones that we relate to the most mm-hmm. because it's something that we can we've experienced before or something that's happened in our lives that's similar to what's happening in that film yeah so so yes uh don't really know what to say to that person to be honest um anytime someone than, comes to brave i'm ready with my my bow and arrow I know, <laughs> I know whenever it's like one of my favorite films i'm like right you're wrong i also just think like luke is amazing as well so you can back off but again an example of a film that's got strong women in it yet again I, I have quite an interesting fact for you later when we get to our characters and because I I found a lovely little like tweet um, tweet that talks basically about gender in Pixar films I have never realised mm, and it's very yeah. it's very eye opening and obviously Luca is one of those films obviously it's still male led but obviously you've got yeah. um like the the best land friend is obviously a girl and then you obviously mm. have like his mum is also quite a strong character in it so heaven forbid yeah. these strong females um have any impact on people's lives and stories so yeah it is they're, they're great mm. they're great films and it's just frustrating because. I think for me, like people, you know, obviously I love Brave. It's one of my favorite films. But mm. my frustration with it is that people come for it all the time with that yeah. angle of, oh, it's a, it's not really a Pixar film. It's, yeah, it's not. As, it's not as good. Yeah, it's it's that like. But it's just I just feel like though, like as soon as something has like women in it, mm. like as main characters, then that's when you get all these kind of and it addresses female of, issues. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Like, because the amount of reviews that were just saying, like, I've not obviously included them all, but there were so many just saying, like, why would I want to watch a film that's about a period? Like, I, I don't get a period. So, like, and do you know what's so to bizarre me? to me? So, I watched the film on, it came out on the Friday, and I watched it on the Wednesday. Um, yeah. Because I was like, I want to watch it on the Friday, but it's a long story. Anyway, so I waited. So, I'd seen like initial reactions. I didn't get any spoilers or anything, but I'd mm. seen stuff online. Like, it's about periods and periods and tampons and sanitary towels and I was like is the whole film about periods because that was what I was thinking and I watched the film and it's literally what 30 seconds yeah it's not even like a minute long no it's literally barely any time blown this out of proportion and I I think 
again, it's that whole like male gaze, female gaze argument. Because you think back to like Mrs. Incredible, she's a strong, powerful woman, but it's okay if she's not talking about being a mom, if she's talking about mm-hmm. being a superhero and she just pops kids out and can carry them all at once and fly them on as like a Quinjet type thing. That's yeah. okay. But as soon as women start talking about their emotions or about their female only experiences or like female yeah. identifying experiences, mm-hmm. It's all of a sudden like, sorry, no, that's not okay. I don't want to watch that. Oh, yeah. It's like, how many times have we had to put up with like watching films about teenage boys with like testosterone and like being moody? Like, that's fine. You'll watch that. We had to watch that. Did we complain? No. No. Like, honestly, the amount of like reviews that we're seeing, like, um, I don't understand why anyone would want to watch a film is about something that they can't relate to, as in like men. And I'm just like, that's not, that's not like, like we're not gonna apologize for having to go through that we didn't choose that and I think it should start it should be normalized I think we'll talk about that in themes because I think it's it's been timed quite nicely with an advert it's in the UK but it's in the US an advert has mm. come on TV recently and I'll talk about that later because I think it is the kind of thing that it normalizes it and for so many yeah, women and like normal. like I don't know about you but like when I go to like the shops to buy like I don't feel as bad now because I'm like a stronger older woman who's like oh, yeah mm. I have periods so what but mm. like when I was a younger and I used to go and look at like the obviously all the different um tampon like tampons mm. and sanitary towel options in the, in the shop I'd be so embarrassed like yeah and we shouldn't feel that way every basically every woman on the planet has that situation so why are we negating half of the world's experiences because it makes the mm-hmm. other half uncomfortable like that's not I fair <laughs> No, it's not. It's definitely not. Um, but yes, I feel like we'll have much to discuss on that later. Yeah. So <laughs> I shall move on to the final review, um, where someone said they felt like this film was aimed squarely at young female TikTok users. Oh my goodness. Going through hormonal changes. It has some very important messages. I'm glad to see getting some attention. But it was also very derivative and borrowed a lot of elements from a lot of other kids' movies. Is that a joke? <laughs> This is honestly that was like a like a weak version of what, of what I was seeing. So oh my goodness, yes. Um, so apparently this film can only be watched by teenage girls um, because they're the only people that can relate to what's happening in this film. Um, so it's only interesting to them. So apparently this film was made for one audience demographic. Well, do you know what's interesting? I actually have my own cheeky little review to add to your list. It's only very very short, mm-hmm. but it's from Teen Vogue in America, and it's from mm-hmm. a fourteen year old. Um, film critic Tabitha Yuen and it's really it just makes me smile so she obviously won't read the whole review because it's a big long article if you want to read it it's on Teen Vogue and I recommend going and giving it a read because it's a review from somebody who is basically like the same age as May and it's that's it's similar to her story and she says Turning Red isn't your stereotypical Asian-led Disney movie. There aren't any fantastical dragons and the protagonist doesn't know Kung Fu. Like, I love that. I think that's such a good thing to point out mm. at the beginning. And then it ends yeah. with this lovely idea where she says, um, with her giant red panda confidence, May is an inspiration for me as I learn to take up more space as an Asian-American girl boss. Like May, I wear what I want, say what I want, and I'm not afraid to let anyone know. And I just thought, do you know what? Like, And, and she goes into, oh, into details. So nice. She reviews the film properly and she mm. does point out with some negatives which I'll pick up on myself later as well um, mm. she just talks about how she feels seen in that movie and I think those are the reviews we should be focusing on not but her mm. men or people like oh I don't want to talk about periods it's about all of these yeah. younger 
men like boys and girls who will be seeing themselves because in this review they also talk about the fact that in that um the boy band they're all like different ethnicities in that boy band and it's that idea of like younger generations who are not white seeing themselves as the main character and that for me those are the kind of reviews that we should be looking at and saying actually this is the impact and the positive impact of this film is girls like Tabitha there saying like I actually this person inspires me this is someone that I see as myself on screen and I they empower me to be the best person who I can be and why would why would Um, any film that makes a 14 year old girl feel that way be a problem I don't understand yeah I know that's that's the thing it's like if you're going to say that that's the the audience then why not listen to what they have to say about it then because like if they don't have a problem with it why why do you and and, and do you know what even if it was just made for those that that generation of like younger 13 year old girls on tiktoks who are from asian american descent or asian canadian descent so what why can't they have a film that's targeted to them and we've had so many other films that just depict like the white person experience of like whether it's a pure Mm. american or english or whatever where we've had that i mean in terms of women it's still hard to acquire that but we've had those stories so often so why is it such a problem? And when we look at other films, like niche areas of, of other film genres that aren't as popular, but because just because they're made for one small area of people that enjoy it, we don't stop making them. No, exactly. Exactly. So don't understand why people have an issue with it, to be honest, because it's, it's a normal thing. And like, it's just, a, it's everyone can relate to growing up. This is yeah. what I don't understand. Like everyone can relate to being a teenager and growing up. So well, I yeah. don't know how. The themes themselves are universal. That idea about embarrassment or growing yeah. up or like being unsure of yourself and cringy and all those different things. They're all things mm. that awkward phases like, can relate to that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> so yeah. Um basically it's quite mixed. Um, but as we've just explained um a lot of the more negative reviews are from people that clearly have probably missed the point of the film yeah um sadly so well yes so yes and if any of you are marvel fans you've seen shang chi and the ten rings simu liu who was the lead in that he gave a really interesting tweet he said all marvel projects this was was for miss marvel to be fair you know in the miss marvel trailer launch Mm -hmm. this week Mm -hmm. any marvel fans and this received the exact same critiques of this is not for me this is only this is clearly targeted at young females and it's not for me because the protagonist Mm -hmm. is a teenage girl and it's like actually yeah yeah because like thor is a like i don't know 800 year demigod doesn't mean we all go oh sorry that's not for me sorry like it's not that's not no 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 so he basically done this tweet and he was like all marvel projects are made for universal audiences like miss marvel the target audiences for this one feels very wide and far-reaching if you are in it this will work very well for you if you aren't it will also work very well for you and then he actually put just so that the mm. wink is not taken out of context, dot dot dot, and then tweeted an article from um where May is the is the kind of it's all about turning red and the kind of Asian controversy. Oh, how mm. dare we have a film with oh, yeah. Asian protagonist? So I and I think it's been quite interesting that the debates this has thrown up from reviews, because all of this reaction so far has just come purely through reviews because it's so new. Yeah. Um, so I think watching that review like debate if you like happen has been quite interesting and seeing how different people respond 
has been inter- interesting. Uh, yeah, I think it's just been very exposing as to like how mm. far we still have to go. Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, there's a lot of positives from it because like yeah. it's, it's definitely impacted people in a lot of ways, and it's amazing. I would have loved to have had this film when I was a teenager yeah. to watch. Um, so it's a lot positive, but we've still got a long way to go. Is what those reviews tell me. <laughs> Same, yeah. Uh, I think it is interesting because they're things that didn't even like strike me as being difficult or weird mm-hmm. to watch until you read the reviews and people are like oh my goodness and I'm like actually that's not that's not controversial that's just life so no. I wonder if watching it as a woman yeah. obviously I don't have the the kind of cultural heritage challenges that are in that film but I think mm-hmm. the whole element of focus it's about young women for young women watching this film there's nothing shocking or disturbing that's what we've grown up with it's our life so no, that's, yeah yes it's not exaggerated either no like, it's very realistic no <laughs> Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. So that brings us on to Disney Fun Fact number two. So, of course, red pandas are a huge inspiration for this film, considering that May transforms into one. But if you look closer, you will see that pretty much everything in the film is panda-inspired. Even the rooftops are shaped like panda ears. I love that. I, I, I thought you'd like that one, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is very cool. I think yeah. all the attention to detail is like so cool, like the way that the whole like red panda element. So for anyone that doesn't know, red pandas is like one of Rosie's absolute favorite animals in the whole entire world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this film, I feel <laughs> yeah. like, was like made for you in the whole Pixar of yeah. red pandas. Definitely um, was. I remember and being I think, so excited when it was announced. <laughs> yeah, and like the attention to detail that there is, so things like when May gets scared and she like puts her hands up because that's what red pandas do when they get scared. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. That attention to yeah. detail that kind of runs throughout the film, again, not obvious at first, hmm. like without looking into it deeply. It's just nice to see all that classic. That's the Pixar touch right there, is those little extra Yeah, details. yeah, they've researched. They've put their hours into the research and like yeah. they want to kind of portray things accurately and authentically yeah. Yes. so yeah this film is filled with characters who have, have really strong clear personalities even when they are red pandas they their red pandas are different <laughs> um so let's talk about may first so well, she's our protagonist she's our main gal throughout the film so what were your mm-hmm. thoughts about may ling um i love her i really love her mm. and like and i thought i think i knew i like knew I loved her already when she just did those like awkward dance moves in the opening scene of the film yeah you know like the title sequence (laughs) I I was like this is someone I can get behind because she just like embraces her personality like she completely owns like who she is aside from the fact that as we'll talk about um there are issues with you know how she chooses to spend her time and doesn't stand up for herself but I, I do think she truly owns who she is um like she's not like embarrassed I don't think by her like little quirks no. you know like you can see that when she's with her friends like yeah. they all like geek out and nerd out together and it's it's really cute but it's also nice that she's not like trying to be someone she's not like you know with like look and things like that and like the things that she's into she's not trying to pretend that she's into something else like just yeah. to be cool she's actually being into what she wants to because that's what she likes so I think she's quite um relatable as well as, as a teenage character because when like you see her like trying so hard at everything and like I know that was definitely me when I was a, a teenager like in school like I would try very hard um and I feel like she's very dedicated to mm. like, everything in her life obviously her family especially 
because that's the way that she's been brought up yeah and because she does love her family as well so it's hard yeah. it's really hard to understand sometimes that some things some things are a little bit like not right until an outsider gives you the perspective of maybe you're spending a bit too much time with them or maybe like you need to come out and do things with us you know so that's why it's good that she's got her friends like her friend her squad um <laughs> but I also love the fact that like when she does like do stuff with her mom like she she doesn't like resent it like she's no. not like moody about it or anything like she obviously knows like from what her friends have said that she's kind of doing too much and like she needs to have some time off and like chill and relax and be a teenager but I love the fact that she still enjoys the time with her mum like doing the yeah. chores and stuff because like they get into it together like yeah. they have that cleaning sequence like the montage and they're like shooing away the boys that have just done the graffiti on the wall yeah like, <laughs> that was really I funny I just felt like she could easily be very resentful and very grumpy and like have a lot of mm-hmm. attitude I think towards that and that could really like obviously damage that that time spent with her mom yeah but she does embrace it which I do think in some ways I admire because it's like at least you're not ruining your life you know like just but obviously in other ways it's like this is nice but you know (laughs) you can spend time with her in other ways and spend time with your friends and do what you actually want to do so I feel like it's very complicated with me because yeah she's she's a perfectionist because that's what's been like drilled into her from mm-hmm. her mother which was obviously drilled into her mother from yeah. her grandmother you can see it it's, it's one through the, the family tree <laughs> and she obviously that means that like she feels like she has to be perfect to everything in life but then of course if, if you try and do that like it, it doesn't you can't be perfect to everything in life like something yeah. will crumble and something will build up and explode yeah. <laughs> and in this case it causes her to turn into a panda which mm-hmm. is most unusual for, you know I don't know many people that that's happened to um but I just think like she's very she's very realistic as well like in the sense that she's trying to be perfect but she's not perfect you know yeah. what I mean like it's not like because nobody can be <laughs> yeah exactly that's it like there's always something you're sacrificing by by being you know trying to be perfect at something else um so yes I I really love her and I do think she's quite selfless as well like in Mm. the beginning because even though her friends tell her you know like come and do karaoke with us like uh, she could easily just you know go off and do karaoke and ditch her mom and like you know have issues like going home after karaoke and her mom's like where were you and but she doesn't do that like she's very loyal and respect uh, respectful towards yeah. like what her mum wants her to do and um, so I, I admire her commitment like towards that and obviously getting the tickets as well like that's yeah. I think she's very dedicated and like committed to whatever she does like she I, I feel like she will always like see something through like yeah which I think is nice um so yeah I, I just love her. I think <laughs> she's also just like she's a perfect representation of what it's like to be a thirteen-year-old because she yeah. is awkward, clumsy. Like she she makes like mistakes with things. Like she says like things that are cringy, but like yeah. that's that's what it was like when you're a thirteen-year-old. Um, and even just in the style of like the animation as well, I love the fact that like it's not like we've got like a perfect 
like image of yeah. like what a stereotypic stereotypical perfect yeah. girl should look like because like, that often happens in teenage films like even the ones that aren't supposed to be the popular ones still manage to look 10 out of 10 yeah like which yeah. is obviously not like do you know what I mean it makes like, it hard to watch because they're like blown up. they're like oh yeah. I'm so ugly I'm frumpy and I'm like you're not yeah. <laughs> no you, you're basically the same as the other character yeah like, just in like a baggy jumper <laughs> yeah literally so like I love the fact that like I think um the animation of the humans, I think, has been criticised in this, but I love it. I think it's yeah. a great style because it's very, I think, very realistic as to how we all look different, we're all unique, yeah. and that's great. And, and we don't all look perfect 100% yeah. of the time. That's what I quite like. You know, yeah. see, like, I think TikTok's been quite good at showing that, is that idea of, like, mm. someone can look gorgeous one second in the makeup and the right angle, and actually, if you yeah. look at the other side of their face, they just look normal, mm. they might have a bit of a double chin, they might have spots, like... And yeah, like when you laugh, like quite often, like laughing faces aren't particularly attractive. But why would no. you want to laugh? So I exactly. think you're right. I think all the exaggerated. It's been. I think it's been praised by lots of people for like the heightened, exaggerated, non-pretty mm. <laughs> facial expressions on yeah. women and young girls in this film. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice to see. Is that idea about the focus on emotion and connection and happiness mm. over trying to, you know, protect their image? Yeah. Yes, so I I applaud that because I know that's not her personality, but again I think that's the appeal like that adds to the appeal for me of yeah. her as the character. Um, so yes, um, I do, I just love her a lot. But I feel like there's quite a lot to discuss about her, so I feel like let's pass over to you to see what you <laughs> think of her, and then we'll kind of build on a discussion. Okay. I don't want to go through like all of my thoughts from beginning to end of yeah. her character because there's lots of things that happen. And I feel like we should build off each other True. for that True. reason. Otherwise, I'll be sat here talking for 20 minutes <laughs> at you. So. Which is fine, I'll listen <laughs> so to you. I have a lot more. to say. I have a yeah. lot to say about her, but I feel like it's nice to share, yeah. you know? That's fine, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I think when I was watching it, like I, I identified with her quite a lot. Um, like I'm mm. the eldest and um, I was kind of that person who was like always wanted to be like straight A's, like I wanted to, but didn't always get yeah. there. Um, but I was, I put a lot of pressure mm. on myself. And I think that's what happens. Obviously, like, you know, her mum has higher standards of her. Yeah. But at the same time, I think, when that happens to you you put those standards on yourself times 100 so I definitely did that as a teenager so I I definitely saw myself in in that element and that kind of sense of I like that you touched on the fact that obviously she goes you know she family is big to her but Mm. that's not necessarily because of duty it's because she loves her her family yeah she enjoys spending time with them yeah and she respects them she respects their opinion Mm. and she wants to have a healthy relationship with them in the sense that like She's not lying to them. She's not deceiving them. Like she just yeah. she wants to make her parents happy, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Like obviously, you know, no. it, it comes a point where you're doing it at your own exp- like expense. It becomes a problem, but I don't think that's an issue. Yeah. I think that's something that should be respected. Is that you should, you know, as long as your parents treat you right, <laughs> like respecting yes. your, your parents <laughs> is a really important thing. And I think that's something that I really mm. identified with as well. Is that. I had never really misbehaved as a child or a teenager, really. Just not because people say, oh, because you were scared of your mom. It wasn't that I was scared of my mom. It was that I didn't want to disappoint my mom or upset my mom, or mm. I respected my mom too much to kind of want to upset her. Like it just didn't. Yeah. Why would I want to do that? Um, so I definitely like I liked that part of the character because I really identified with that. Um mm. that kind of sense of having a strong family connection out of respect and love as well as like 
feeling like you you know you should spend time with your family so yeah it's not like right no yeah yeah yeah. and you don't resent it I think that's an an important part is quite often when you watch these teenage films and it's like oh we've got to go into this with family you've got to go do this all the like all the the kids are like oh for goodness sake but like Mm -hmm. May obviously enjoys work like being with her mom and she enjoys being at home like yeah she's busy but she enjoys it um so I really like that part of her character um I again I loved her with her friends I thought the way that the hair and the friendship group represented was like that classic friendship group that you have I don't know if guys are the same but I can only speak for girls <laughs> but like when girls have that group of friends where you can be wholly yourself around other people like you can be yeah. chaotic and you don't have to worry about what you wear or what you do or where mm-hmm. you go because you're all just so happy to be with each other that you could be on yeah, a rooftop, yeah. you could be in a garden, you could be at school, you could be at a concert. It doesn't matter. Um, like the friendship we have, Rosie. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but it's true, like, like those people where you don't feel like you have to put in an act around them just to be friends with them. I think that was a really nice yeah. part of that film. And you see they really be who she is when she's around her friends. And I really liked that yeah. part of it. Um, that was really cool. Um, I think... At the end of the day, I think May is ultimately a very classic teenage girl in the sense that like she mm. has a lot of feelings and emotions. There's a lot going mm. on. It's hard to it's hard growing up. And like I always say, like when it comes to like teenage years, the hardest part is that you still respect your family and love your family, but you're also aware that you are you have opinions and you're becoming more informed of things yeah. in the world and you're, you're growing your own self. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard. That battle is really hard because mm. You don't want to be rude or disrespectful, but you also don't want to be treated like a five-year-old anymore. So it's really yeah, hard to have yeah. that battle. It's an so I awkward think, period. Yeah, and I think really. that's where a lot of like teenagers, a lot of arguments do happen between like yeah, children yeah. and, their, and their, their parents. And I think mother and daughter, it does happen quite a bit, especially because I think quite a lot of daughters are like their mothers as they grow up. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so they'll clash. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they'll have learned from their mum. So if your mum is quite, like, strong-willed and has strong opinions and outspoken, and you learn that from her, yeah. when you do that back, mm-hmm. it's going to it's gonna be a clash. Um, yeah. So that's always going to happen. And that happens with May. She's got a really strong female role model there in her mum, and yeah. she obviously is growing up to be like that and have her own opinions and plans and solutions. Mm-hmm. That it's hard for them to find the balance um so I thought yeah. that was a really cool way of, of showing that and the fact that May doesn't dislike her parents but she's just mm-hmm. trying to find a way to show who she really is without upsetting anyone so I really liked that in her that like like yeah. you say like selfless yes but it's that idea of like she wants she still wants to be her own person but she's not mm-hmm. willing to like upset everybody to do it I know it gets a bit further yeah. online <laughs> when like yeah, yeah. and they you know sells so basically sells have panda body to make money for a yeah. concert <laughs> but I think again like she's doing that because she's a teenage girl <laughs> and you know yeah. teen, again teenage girls girls people in general don't tell their parents everything they don't tell their, everyone tells everyone everything it's just life no um, and also, it's just like sometimes like obviously that isn't I guess embarrassing it's just like I don't know like not something you would tell considering she's a red panda and her mom doesn't want anyone to see that as well yeah but like I feel like sometimes when you're a teenager there's things that like you would just be too embarrassed to like tell your yeah. parents as well like even though you're not doing anything wrong but it's just like something that you're not like why would you tell yeah. them sort of thing yeah so I think there's always going to be that, that sort of thing that you, you're not I think you're right I mean, there comes a point in your life where you're not like lying or anything like that but no. you're just not telling everything about 
your life because you have to separate you have to have yeah. boundaries between friends and family well, and yeah. as you're growing up you realize what you tell certain things to and yeah yeah there's a reason you have friends and then you have family because there is yeah. different conversations and different discussions to be had with different people in your life yeah so yeah I think we start exactly. to see kind of may having that um obviously it's not cool to sneak out and lie to your mum that was not cool no right? it was not it was also no. not safe because she's 13 <laughs> um, I, <know. laughs> I think the yeah. thing for me and this is that she behaves like a 16 year old quite a bit when she's like I have my own life and I'm like yes but mate you are still 13 yeah <laughs> and that is yeah, still that quite is young <laughs> that is very true yeah um it's like you are still like literally like you know like you've, you've been a teenager for one year it's like calm yourself yeah. <laughs> um, I do love that though because I love her personality like where she's very like sassy as well mm. and like she's very like I don't know like what's the word I'm looking for like not dominating but like she's just she's just very loud and yeah. you know like she's not afraid to say what she thinks about things to her friends um and I just love that I, I think she's just so like she owns who she is yeah and I, I love that it's nice to see that yeah. and like not as like a joke character or like a comedic yeah. thing because that can often be played on in like teenage films yeah. like someone that's like a bit different a bit unique or a bit quirky yeah can often be like a side character who's like just like looked upon from the yeah. from the side so yeah yeah I think she's a great yeah. character as we always say with our characters they always have flaws or they wouldn't be interesting characters yeah. um but I think overall mm-hmm. I think she's a great role model because I've seen the parents being like yeah why would you encourage your child to watch this film when it's all about disobeying your parents and people are like do you remember when Mulan ran away to fight for China, do you remember the little mermaid <laughs> got legs? Do you remember all of these situations yeah. that no one has an issue showing? Um, and because mm. unfortunately, parents, there are times when your kids are going to disobey you and not tell you about it. Yeah, <laughs> like it you happens. Can't, you can't control them forever. No. You can't keep them forever. Like they are their own person. Mm. So, and kids are going to make mistakes. Yeah. That's part of growing up. Yeah. That's something that we often forget is that you don't learn unless you make a mistake. So mm. if you're too protected, what you don't learn about actual real life. So then once someone hits 18, mm. they're likely to then go out and be a bit crazy and make stupid mistakes because they haven't learned the little mistakes along the way. So that's just how yeah. you learn, you know? And I also think there's an element of that where if you're a parent like that doesn't want to watch this film or doesn't want their children to watch this film, I kind of feel like you're not willing to embrace the fact that your child is going to one day mm-hmm. grow up yeah. and become their own person you're trying to shield them away from yeah. that even though the reality is that they are going to be doing that and the sooner they like can relate to these things the better because they're, they're better prepared this film is a great tool to prepare mm-hmm. a teenager for like you know what's going to happen to them and show them that it's perfectly normal and they're not alone because I think that's the problem is there's a lot of taboo around this like especially like at least when I was a teenager like things like you know saying how you felt or like being really into like certain things that you didn't feel was cool yeah. you would just suppress it because you didn't yeah. you wanted to fit in um so I feel like this kind of encourages you to be who you want to be and not be ashamed of it or embarrassed. Well, because that happens nice. it was Tyler, that the, the kid in the class who like mocks her and her friends. And then he's at the concert. <laughs> so I yeah, think like, yeah. like, that's a prime example of the, it, this family champion. Just be who you are. It doesn't matter because yeah. everybody else, other people are going to have similar interests. They're going to do the same. Like, Definitely. Just yeah. be you. And I think May really like embodies that. And I think 
definitely yeah. so she turns around and decides to like stay as a panda that strength to be like do you know what mm. actually like to appreciate what makes her special and what makes her different it's really hard to do and um, so I really like the yeah. strength to do that as well without again without being disrespectful um yeah I think yeah. it's just all around a good egg the end <laughs> yeah I, I I agree I <laughs> she is a good egg and it's so nice to see that we have like a, a female teenager mm. that's actually relatable and a good role model so yeah. that is very nice they did a very good job with her character I feel and yeah. because yeah. even like her flaws um, are like classic teenage flaws it's like at that moment yeah. when like she, you know her mum blames her friends for getting her into trouble or whatever and her mate's like mm. why didn't you say anything and it's like it's really hard like you never want to disappoint your parents so like if your parents are there, are there like it's also yeah. an awkward situation you also don't want your mum to shout at you in front of your friends exactly yeah there is, yeah. it's all all of the, the, the questionable parts of her are in inverted commas are relatable because it's all those things that yeah, hard yeah. to make when you're a teenager so yes so yeah. we've discussed quite a few characters there the film does have quite a lot <laughs> um, it does yeah what are the other standout characters for you so I agree with like what you're saying about her friends so like I'm going to talk about them as a group but obviously yeah. just pull out individual things I like from as well I don't want to just be generic <laughs> like they have personalities um so I love that group like you were saying before like it is exactly like what it was like being a teenager like I remember that that's basically me with my friends like mm. obsessing over like One Direction yeah um and the wanted and McFly and like planning like going to the concert together what we're gonna wear to the concert together like yeah singing the songs like playing them out loud on my phone sending each other songs through bluetooth like this whole that whole vibe is like what my teenage friendship was like so yeah. I love that it's very realistic but I just love how like they're just such good friends like yeah. in a way where they just agree with everything she says and it's just like you know they they get on like peacefully but yeah. they will call her out like if if they think she's doing something wrong or like they'll give her advice that she might not want to hear yeah and I, I really like that because it's really helpful like especially at a young age to know that actually like it's okay um to have like feedback or criticism from people as well yeah. especially for someone like May who is obviously a perfectionist yeah like I think it's good to be surrounded by people that kind of bring you back down to earth and ground you yeah. and kind of make you realize that things aren't the end of the world that you think are the end of the world the example of this being like May turning into a panda like obviously she's really upset about it like she doesn't know how to feel about it like she's scared of like what's she gonna do and her friends see her and they just they, they don't really even like they obviously question it but they don't like spend much time at all going on about the fact that no. she's a red panda they just accept her as the red panda and they're just so supportive of her yeah. and like whenever she's upset they'll always try and make her smile and laugh yeah. um they always know exactly how to cheer her up and it's like that whole like it shows the power of like what having good friends can do to mm -hmm. you and how it can help you get through anything like if you've got yeah. a good group of friends then it doesn't matter like what happens you'll always have them to kind of guide you through help you through yeah and you'll have that perspective and I think that's the thing with, with me is like it's important that she has them as well as her family yeah. because I think if she just if she didn't have that social life at all then she would be you know completely isolated yeah um from you know her whole like year group 
within school and yeah. everything like that and it would be even more like it would be even worse than it is so I think her friends like really contribute to her like fun side and like yeah. her silly personality and like they make her bring out the best version of herself yeah I think um and it's I mean the thing for me was like when um I know this is kind of themed as well but I feel like I can't not talk about it when I'm talking about the friends but like the fact that she imagines her friends to calm her down like oh, when she's the red yeah. panda is like one of the cutest parts of this whole thing I know but also so nice as well because it's like again it just shows like what how important friendship is and how important mm-hmm. it is having the right friends it's like what you said earlier like it's nice to have friends that you can be completely yourself yeah. around and these girls are exactly that like like and in the end obviously we see um Tyler join them which is nice <laughs> um but these girls are exactly like that they they can they know like like you know they, well obviously they don't completely know they're 13 year olds but they've got a good <laughs> idea of like who they are and who they want to be and they're so like girl power and they're yeah. cringy but like they're ambitious like with what they want to do and like I just I really really love them um so I just think it's nice because it's like girls lifting each other up yeah rather than pushing each other down in the classic there's a popular girl there's a not popular girl like that classic dynamic that you see in a teenage film rather than this which is so positive to yeah. see a, a nice like group of girls and it doesn't have to be a group of girls obviously as we see Tyler yeah. joins and it's still <laughs> just as great but it's just nice to see that I think I agree um, and I think you, you, you made a good point on that idea of like it's also not just about having a group of friends but having the right group of friends yeah I feel like quite yeah. often when it comes to like teenage girls and films in particular it's like they have one friend who they're friends with by default because they're both the losers in the class or whatever like yeah so true which is such a trope that happens all the time um, yeah. So I think you're right like having the right friends is important just being part of like yeah. a friendship group by default or because it's the biggest group and it's easier to blend in that's not a supportive friendship group having no. friends that properly know you like her friends know her inside out oh yeah yeah that Thank I think you. is the bit that makes the difference is when like and I think that's really nice that they show that that like the friendship group is like messy and complicated and whatever but yeah they're there for each yeah. other and, and having a friendship group that really knows you and what you need at whatever time knows when to say something knows when not to say something all Mm -hmm. of those things I think it's it's like it's such a well-hidden part of the film but I think it's such a big part of the themes that you were saying in the characters because it's hard like adult friendships and stuff are hard like yeah maintaining friendships throughout your life that are good and healthy it's actually a lot harder than you think it is really hard yeah so it's yeah it's a nice little like hidden-ish nugget because it's not like one of the main things in it is like yeah yeah this is not a one that's in a a, a group that she falls into by default but it's just nice to see like you say that group of female friends in particular who are a bit dorky a bit silly are just themselves and yeah make each other happy without like none of them there's no point in the film where like any of them like shun the others or leave others out or whatever like the united front and that's really nice it is yeah it's like an equal group I feel yeah. as well like there's not like a specific person that leads because again that can be very toxic oh, if you've got yes. like one person who do- as we've seen in many teenage films yeah like they dominate the friendship as like mean girls for example mm. so like the others like follow the other, like her around and it's just it's just boring like no one wants to watch <laughs> that this is what I want to see happy yeah. friends who are honest yeah. with each other and enjoy spending time to be with each other um so 
just briefly like what I like about each of them so Miriam I feel like she's so like she's so supportive um like I think she's like got that whole being like a supportive friend no matter what happens thing down like she's yeah. very grounded I think and very mm-hmm. mature I think actually yeah. as a 13 year old as well I, I think she was I, I commend Miriam um <laughs> but I also like obviously May betrayed her in inverted commas when Ooh, she didn't yeah. speak up um, and obviously she took that quite hard. But again, that's what you do as a teenager. Oh, yeah. It's like, the end of the world. I can't believe my friend did that. It is. It's yeah. like, actually, are we friends? And, like, in the end, she looked after the Tamagotchi. And, like, you can see that, you know, like, it's like, oh, like yeah. an unbreakable bond. Like an unbreakable friendship. And also how and quickly the, they got over it is also so teenagers. Because it's like, so they're not speaking to your yeah. friend for about three days. And then you have an apology. And you're like, okay, what are we doing now? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. That's so true. It's so flippant. Like, it's like, you just move on. Yeah. Um, and, and then Priya, I love her whole vibe. Like she's my favorite. Like she's so chill. She's not bothered about anything. No. She's just such. She's such a mood. Like I just. <laughs> I, I love. I love her. But again, like she's so different to Miriam and May. Yeah. So I love the fact that we've got all these different personalities as friends together. And then obviously, lastly, Abby. She makes me laugh so much, and not in a way where it's like you know typical like this is the like clown if you like. Of yeah. The group. She makes me laugh because the things she says, like she comes out with. Again, it's like a teenage girl would just come out of these things. <laughs> yeah. And she's so enthusiastic and dramatic about everything. And I love that. Yeah. Again, it's that's 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 like a normal thing. Um her eyebrows, by the way, <laughs> are amazing as well. Because I feel like what I was saying before as well, like everyone in this group obviously looks different as well. Yeah. Like they've all got very unique looks to them, yeah. um, and you know, backgrounds and culture as well which is it's really really nice to see that as well it's not just it's realistic <laughs> yeah it's not just a group of like white girls like that's all what I like love the same facial it. features and... yeah like blonde yeah. blonde hair is usually the the stereotype as well so I love that I just think it's so nice that these these girls come together and they're friends and they all have such unique personalities yeah but they all love spending time together so yes that's that's my thoughts on um the friends yeah um and then just briefly yeah <laughs> <laughs> I have to mention him because he just came through he's just a legend so May's dad Jim yeah I yeah is his name he's just in the beginning he was panicking over like burning some porridge or something oh, yeah and I thought here we go here's this like classic like dad that's like gonna be useless and because the mom's the one that's like organized yeah. but here we go but no so wrong so so wrong I'm so assuming because <laughs> he, he is so supportive of May and he's just such a good dad yeah like he when he has that chat with her like bef- like in between the like just before the ritual I think it is isn't it yeah, it like is, when yeah. she's just preparing she's just getting like dressed for it and everything yeah. and he found like, like one of the recordings like a silly recording that they yeah. took on like a camera like, when they were like singing and everything and like he goes and shows like he's like um what's this and she's like oh I delete it like it's fine he's like oh, no yeah. like he's like I love this side of you he's like I love like like he doesn't say it exactly like this but he's basically saying he loves what the panda brings yeah. to her personality like he says that like like a funny side to her and I feel like he's so open-minded about things yeah. as well he he's willing to let may completely decide whether she wants to keep the panda or not and obviously that is a metaphor for like you know keeping this uh, personality like side of her personality um which is just so 
so lovely again I think as well to see that the father-daughter side yeah. of the relationship because I don't feel like that's something you get to see very often no. um and it's the fact that like he he says things like um life could be messy um but yeah. we don't that doesn't have to let us like that doesn't mean we have to ignore it and push it to one side yeah. we can embrace the mess and learn to live with that um if that yeah. ultimately makes us like a better version of ourselves and it's just like he he reminds her that there is a good side to the panda and yeah. he reminds her of like all of the great qualities that that has brought out in her yeah um I just think like what an absolute babe <laughs> of, of a dad like he's just so just so lovely and yeah I just felt like he deserves a shout out because <laughs> I was very I did I, I did tear up when he was saying these things to her because I was like that's that's so nice <laughs> it's so chaotic with like her mom and her grandma and her aunties I was like goodness yeah. me, I've had me overwhelmed and then he's just come in and like been reassuring and like, chill so yes um that's where I'm at with yes. characters for now. How about you? <laughs> because I was the, the main one for me was going to be her dad. So like that's mm. I, I agree with you completely. I think she's he's he has this nice sense of like he's important, but he doesn't have to be loud about it. And like what he yeah. says matters. Yeah. And I think it's nice that she's mm. got that kind of family unit where her mom and her dad serve different purposes for her, which I think is yeah. quite is again is accurate. Like when I was younger, we used to joke that my dad was the fun parent and my mum was the serious parent. I don't, I don't really know how accurate that was when I look back, but like that was just the way it, like we used to joke about it. Um, yeah. My mum's also very fun. <laughs> it was just like, when we were younger, that was what it was. It's like my dad was always more a bit like, my mum was always kind of more like invested in like knowledgeable about like my school and all that kind of stuff. And it was yeah. more like my, my dad was kind of, the one was like, let's just go swimming after school one week. Like that was just what he yeah. like. So, um. I think like when you're a kid like you do tend to have that it's like you go to your parents as you grow up you go, you go to your pet different parents for different things because like with any other human mm-hmm. being in the world they'll have their own strengths and weaknesses and what they're good at yeah. and what they can help with so I think it's really nice to see that like obviously her dad is that softer more chill side who mm-hmm. can bring out because her mom has great qual- we'll talk about her mom a bit more in themes but her mom has great qualities yeah. she really pushes me oh, to be driven and ambitious and that she can be whatever she wants to be and I think that's such an important message to give to any any child but especially mm. obviously like a woman and um, like a, a young yeah. woman and particularly obviously in this situation she would be a young woman within a minority ethnicity as well so I think to mm. kind of really have that backing if you can be whatever you want to be is so important so I'm not yeah that's a really great thing but I think to have that other more vulnerable side where her dad is like you know open honest conversation it's nice to have her dad doing that like because again mm-hmm. like from a gender stereotype point of view like it's very rare like the, the men who would discuss feelings so the fact that her dad is the one that sits down and has that emotional chat with her about who yeah. she is and about what matters and what to put in life is also really refreshing and um, so yeah and I, I love he's just like not phased by anything is he and like and mm-hmm. the fact that he still loves her mom even after knowing that her mom wants that whole red panda situation like he just seems like yeah. such a real accepting guy who just wants people to be happy and be themselves and I think that's a great message yeah because he's very selfless as well like let's be honest like I don't see him doing anything that's completely no. serves himself he's always, he's always there um for me and he's always there for me like you know he's he's just an all-around great guy (laughs) he is he is Uh, and I also love like 
the aunts and the grandma like as a collective like whilst mm-hmm. they're quite overbearing I love that female yeah. presence that kind of real strong yeah. female familial presence that we do miss in a lot of previous Disney films because of you know the mum's always dead and <laughs> um, well, yeah. so it's, it's nice to have that really strong female family influence um present on screen and how and again how they're all individual they're all got their own personalities they're all different um rather than just kind of here's the family who all look the same um yeah just because they're from a different culture they must all look the same which often happen whereas like you can see they're all very distinct even when they become the red panda they've all got their own distinct identities and stuff which is really cool and so just more as a collective it was nice to see that vibe on although sometimes it was obviously you know exploring generational trauma and all that kind of stuff it was nice to see that amount of women represented um yeah I, cool. I agree I feel like when they made their entrance it was so much like yeah it was like power like such a yeah. squad like I, I loved it um but yeah they're also like women supporting women as well like in mm. the end like which I loved as well well even but, if, I mean I know they're a bit overbearing at the beginning but the fact that they obviously leave their lives to come and support May when this happens yeah they kind of drop That's everything true. to come and support um mm. is again a really big a big deal and you know I know her I know the grand is obviously quite critical of Ming, the Ming mom, yes. but um overall like it's all very supportive and kind to May and it's all very like again uplifting mm. it's not like like when they learn that she can control her panda they're all like what that's so cool yeah. like, also, like well done and it is very uplifting in general um yeah so yes, I do like the it's whole like, way that family is, although obviously it presents family with its issues, I like the way the families are presented still, because it is still overall a positive environment for a child to grow mm. up in. Mm-hmm. Despite yeah. challenges. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But so, I feel like that's as with any family. So Well, yeah. yes, very true. Relatable. Um, <laughs> it is, yeah. I think like... May is given a lot of love and support and room to grow. It's just sometimes she's kind of not. People are a little bit right. We should to like let her decide what's best for her. But again, she's yeah. thirteen. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yes, um, I feel like we we could talk about Ming, but I feel like we're probably going to talk about Ming in the mm. in the themes. Yeah. So I feel like we may as well. We haven't forgotten to... about her. <laughs> But I just no, think we're going to talk worry. about that in depth in themes. So I reckon yeah. it's, we'll just be repeating ourselves. Exactly. So, so yes, I feel like they were our standout characters. Um, yeah, big up, um, Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a cool yeah. guy. Well, I know he is. Oh, sorry. Can face. I say one quick thing, on Jim? I just remembered. Sorry. Oh yes. Go. Ahead. I've just remembered at the end of the film when he becomes like the red panda when May goes out with her friends. It's also oh. really nice to see a man supporting a strong, independent, successful wife in these films mm. as well. Like, yeah, like point. Ming is the face of this temple. Like, she's the one kind of running it. She's the one that's like organizing the shifts, and you can see that yeah. she's the one that's kind of in charge, if you like. <laughs> um, yeah. And when she's like, "Let's go home," Dad's got dinner on. Comes like the dad's been at home cooking for them to come home yeah, to. Yeah. But I think presenting like a marriage in that way, where the man is more than happy to let the woman be like the more in inverted commas powerful you know it's not really you know what I mean yeah like, yeah yeah kind of be successful be her own woman go and be like a girl boss in inverted commas for yeah. like once for a better word and not resent that not make mm. him feel bad for it he 
he's ready to boost his wife up and like he's ready to yeah. do whatever to kind of make his wife successful too like when he comes like red panda in the cardboard box like he's not embarrassed to be like i'm not getting that cardboard box like his wife so needs cute. it so it's like well we're a yeah. team effort and i think i think her dad really does resemble that idea of a team effort in a family and it's not yeah, about gender roles definitely. it's about what do my family need and what can i give yeah yeah, I thought it was yeah. important to mention that, as well as like his father figure. I think as a husband, mm. he's very yeah, smart. he's very he's a very good husband, yes. definitely. He he's clearly a calming presence to Ming. Yeah, you can you can see yeah. that. Very true. So, yes. So yeah, yeah, you can carry on now. I was like, quick, quick. <laughs> Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Well, that brings us on to Disney fun fact number three. So if you look at the final version of May's room, it's easy to see the inspirations from her mother, Ming. Her bedroom is all emerald-like her mother, which was done to insinuate that May is growing up in a world her mum created for her. I love that detailing. It's very, it's cool. very Pixar, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's the idea of like, I don't know about you, but I guess I kind of hit teenage, like more like adulthood, I feel like. I feel like more after I left uni, because like when you go to uni, like I was still in that bubble of people who were similar to me, had similar interests Yeah. Stuff. When you get on the other side of Twitter that doesn't, isn't where you normally reside, <laughs> mm. you kind of realise that people don't all think the way that you think. And I think when you grow up in like that family environment, you kind of assume that everyone thinks the same as you. You assume mm-hmm. everybody, like for me, it was like, I assumed everyone would be nice to each other and would respect, yeah. not be racist or sexist. Like you just assume yeah. that's the thing. And then you see comments from other people and you're like, people think mm. this way? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, nice, it's a really nice way of showing that, that we, we often do grow up quite protected and sheltered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the way Definitely. that we grow up. And so, yes, it was a nice way to, to show that. And very, very subtle, but like you say, very Pixar. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree with what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings on to segment number three, all about themes and messages. So as we've said many, many times before, Pixar are well known for their um, fantastic storytelling. And one of the main reasons for this is because the themes they deal with are often very relatable and like, sometimes understated and just very kind of universal as a general rule. So there are many strong th- themes in this film. There are so many. Mm. We won't be able to talk about them all because they're just everywhere. No. Um, but which <laughs> ones really stand out to you and resonate with you, Rosie? Um, so in terms of like resonating, <laughs> I feel, to be honest, I feel like that's the best part of this like film is that I think all of the, the themes I actually relate to, um, all of the themes that I've kind of yeah. come up with are things that I... Can relate to from being a teenager um but i do feel like we may, we may need to start with the mother-daughter bond yes. and the family side of things just because i feel like we're both like itching <laughs> that name. and <laughs> and i just feel like there's just so much to say yeah about that side of this film not that the other themes aren't important we'll still discuss some of them <laughs> i feel like this one's such a huge huge part of it which yes. when you read all these articles you wouldn't think no no one mentions this Do no about so, exactly so um yeah so obviously like one of the themes is the fact that like when you're growing up like you're gonna have conflicts with your family mm-hmm. and they're gonna have like issues with something you might want to do and they, they don't want to they don't want to let you go, like, and not in a way where no. they, they want to, like, keep you and hold you your whole life. <laughs> like, it's hard for them. This is, I think, something that, like, 
it's easy to forget especially when you're a teenager you don't yeah. really think about it like as much as I think you do when you grow up and you realize like how hard it actually is for parents to like let their kids like go yeah. out and do what they want to do and like that they can't control every aspect of their yeah. kid's life especially as a 13 year old as well like when you start becoming a bit more adventurous and maybe meeting up with your friends yeah. at the weekends and like going out and about and it's like before that you're probably doing family stuff at the weekend yeah so not necessarily but um you know that is something that I had um, yeah. with my family and it's like it's quite different like it's quite a like different way for them to adapt and obviously like it, it is a feeling of like emptiness as well a little bit I mm. think parents when their kids start to go and do their own thing obviously they gain parts of their life back as well yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. but like I do think they struggle to come to terms with the fact that like they're not potentially needed as much as they want yeah were. um so I think like obviously this film focuses really well on how hard it is to be a teenager but I think it also highlights how hard it is to be a parent of a yeah. teenager yeah. as well um I think it does both sides of this so well um because yeah it is I must be I don't know I'm not a parent but it must be <laughs> really hard being a parent to a teenager where you're starting they're starting to get like different thoughts different yeah. opinions and they're bouncing off like what their friends like want to do and things like that so yeah it's not an easy job I, I don't think to be a parent um, no, or a teenager I agree so, I think, and for many of them like you say like it's about that initial especially at the age of 13 and around that age where it is kind of having to start to let go yeah yeah and it's things like letting them go on the bus with their friends the first time where yeah. you don't know yeah. where they are like you know like mm-hmm. the general but you don't know exactly where they are every second and that's really hard to because yeah because for parents, sometimes they'll feel like they can't be there to protect their child or they feel yeah. like, you know, they, they're just too worried about what might happen to their child that they can't kind of do anything mm-hmm. else. So it's supposed to be really hard to, to let that go. When you've grown up and you've had someone in your life who's been next to you <laughs> for like yeah, 13 years yeah. and they've always known exactly where you are, suddenly just be like, okay, you can go somewhere without me. Like, it must be a really yeah, big deal. It must be. It must be really hard. But I think that's that's something that I think I would like not dread but like if I was a parent I would be like worrying about yeah. that part of like when it gets to that stage because like you just you just can't control what they do and if you like to be in control which obviously Ming does yeah it's like it's scary it's an unknown you don't know how it feels well you're right it. especially if it's like a close parent child relationship um yeah like obviously Ming's and Mazes is they're very close they do a lot of things yeah. together so like you were saying about you know not having family time as much and um, for a lot of parents that's really hard because they're lots of the time their personality becomes being mum or being dad yeah, and then when that's yeah. gone it's like actually they have to go I know lots I've read this before like lots of parents actually have to go and find themselves again when they've been their mm. kids grow up because yeah. their whole life has been about other people <laughs> and not keeping other yeah. people safe and when that's removed it's like actually what what do, what was I before I had kids? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it must be really hard, and you can see it like in in Ming in, in this where like her whole day is like around her family. So yeah, accepting that her daughter wants to go and do things without her family, it can be hard, I guess, not to take it personally as well. Like it's not meant to mm. be offensive, but I guess it can be easy as a parent to see that as like, well, they, they don't want to spend time with us anymore. When actually it's not. Yeah. They just want to spend time yeah. with people as well. Um, it's a really hard balance. You're right, and I think it's. 
when you're a teenager you're like what's the problem all my friends are doing it what's the problem yeah why why are you having a go at me like yeah. why can't I do this yeah and like and the problem yeah. is teenagers aren't like mature enough or like life experienced enough as a general rule to understand how complicated that emotion is mm. for their parents so just the yeah. parents are being difficult and they act out yeah for the sake of it exactly yeah yeah, yeah. I just think like I feel like this film really like shows because mm. to me like I was sympathetic to me mm-hmm. in this film same and that's not to say she doesn't have her flaws because she yeah. does but then this is what I love about this is that who doesn't have flaws and, and like all parents have flaws because mm-hmm. parenting isn't a a to z type of deal like parents are people are too <laughs> yeah like curveballs are thrown like you you also parent potentially the way your parents parented or yeah. maybe you avoid like certain things that have happened when you were younger you and some parents your kids. have never had a good parental role model so they don't exactly. actually know how to be a, like, a good parent yeah so it's, it's yeah. not like you say you, you don't have a baby and automatically gain all this knowledge of how to be the best parent in the world no 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 navigating parenthood I think is, it's got to be one of the most difficult mm. experiences like to go through and I think this film doesn't like kind of like kind of um brush over that it it kind of does it in a way where it's not like kind of put it in your face but yeah I think the fact that we feel sympathetic to Ming shows that they've done it yeah. well where they've balanced it out it's not all like oh poor Ming uh, no poor May sorry like we, we also see Ming side of things because well, so she's not mean nice. she's not um, no like, that's the thing is quite often she'd be like it's okay Ming they have sorted it we're okay like yeah, I, they do yeah. a good job of like she's not a parent who is mean and revels in punishing her child it's not like that everything she does is yeah. out of love and so it's like even when you don't agree with what she does you understand why <laughs> exactly exactly because like she is she's such a great mother in so many ways as you were saying earlier like she does have May's best interests at heart like she's not trying to be malicious or anything like that like it's not for her own personal gain Mm -hmm. she's she's trying to make May like be the best version of herself and she wants May to thrive because she's obviously happy when she succeeds but the problem is she focuses so much I think on kind of protecting may and i think the, the red panda thing influences us a lot because obviously she's waiting for that to happen yeah so she's really like scared of when that happens True, and she yeah, wants to be there point. for may so i think it's actually exaggerated like a bit in this um that's really that true reason. actually yeah because she says and she goes i thought if i was always there and kept everything perfect it wouldn't yeah. happen yeah that's true exactly but that could also be a metaphor like you know for not being prepared for when your kid's a teenager yeah. like i feel like, like you that's can't stop translated into that. Yeah. Um, so I think she's she's so well equipped with everything that May needs like she she's like obviously I'm not gonna talk about it too much because I feel like I don't want to give it all the airtime. but the fact that like she has the pads there like I ready know. for May like she's she's just so good at being a mum and she's also just like that's not her her whole personality either though like She's got so much to her, so many layers. Yeah. I feel like she's so sassy. Mm. Like the way that her and May, like this, they're watching like I don't know, like a sitcom or like a TV oh, series. Yeah, or something. I love that. And they're like scene. gossiping yeah. about like the characters in it, and I love that. Like it just shows that like May isn't just a serious yeah. woman all the time. She does have like other parts to her personality as well. Um, so yeah, I I think like she's she definitely needs to let. Um, may go and live her life mm. more but I think it's like 
one of those things where she's not doing it out of spite. She just can't see that. She thinks she's doing the right thing. Mm. Um, and she, she feels like she's being the best that she can be for May. And because May isn't saying anything to the contrary, I feel like May thinks that everything's fine. Well, I was just going to say, if you think back to our Encanto discussion, and obviously like with Abuela on there, and it's obviously a very yeah. conversation, but we had that conversation, didn't we, about how mm. when younger generations don't communicate upwards, why mm. would you think there was a problem? And this happens in this film yeah. as well, where May doesn't say anything, because as a kid, you yeah. don't say that you don't disagree with your parents in that sense. You're like, yeah, cool, this is just, you know, life, it's how we live. Mm-hmm. So for Ming, she's like, cool, my, my, my child has got straight A's, she's happy, she's accomplished, she's on track, all these mm. things are ticking boxes. So in her head, it's like, yeah. what? why would I change anything? Because everything's working, it's fine, it's good. Um, yeah. So yeah, until someone tells you, why would you think there would be a problem? No, yeah, exactly. Like, unless someone like raises an issue then you're not really going to be aware of it and that's the thing you kind of keep doing what you're doing because mm. you think well actually there's nothing nothing seems wrong may seems happy all the time why like, would you question it yeah yeah so like that's what i mean like you know when she spends time with mom doing chores she's not being resentful or moody no. she's actually enjoying it so from ming's perspective she's probably thinking oh this is great like may loves doing this like we're having a great time yeah. together like i'm doing a great job and i think like with parenting there's a lot of that kind of like you do think about like if you're doing a great job all the time like mm-hmm. you kind of like you you put a lot of pressure on yourself because yeah. I think that's the thing like with being a parent I think there's obviously a lot of things in society of like what a perfect parent should be mm-hmm. and there's all this kind of stuff and like you know how you should be able to do all of these things for your child your child yeah. should be at this place in life and all of that kind of thing um so yeah I think she genuinely thinks that she is doing best that she can for me and in a lot of ways she is um because she is a great mom yeah she it's is just that she is hard with me uh, with me because like she's not like kind of overtly doing something really really wrong like I think mm. it's kind of like a miscommunication between both May and Ming I I feel that like yeah to many of the problems however I do feel like she realized there was a problem with her own mother and mm. she never really stood up to her mother. I know they no. had the fight when they were pandas, but that's whilst that could be seen as standing up to her mother, she's still scared of her. Like yeah. when she calls, she's yeah. like, oh, I don't <laughs> like, like, so she didn't quite get to stand up to her. Like, mm. I, and I feel like not, I'm not saying she's to blame for then how May is, but I do think that would have helped if she'd have stood mm. up to her own mother and then that could have impacted her yeah like how she was as a mother True. um i think like because for, for me i think the one thing that ming fails at is listening yeah i think she's yeah. she's a great mom in like most of the film <laughs> yeah. i think the problem that we have is it shouldn't actually listen to me mm. so like the, you know like that scene where they when the, the ad for the concert comes on and may is like gets clearly gets quite excited, excited about it yeah and she just dismisses it and she's like, and then, and then, like, May's like, oh, well, some kids in my class really like it. It's clear that she's into them. And her mom just doesn't really stop and listen. She's too busy yeah. trying to instill her own beliefs in, in, in May yeah, rather yeah. than actually listening. And that happens throughout the film quite a bit where she doesn't really listen to what May has to say. Mm. And I think if she listened a bit more, then she maybe wouldn't say things as strongly and as rudely as she sometimes does and upset yeah, May as much. Yeah. Um, and there'd be more of like a, 
oh like a you know are you into me? I didn't think I'm the kind of music you were into and have that conversation yeah, rather than good. being like oh how ridiculous why are there five why are there yeah. five this and there's five of them or whatever like I think that's where she falls down is that listening side because she doesn't actually mm. take the time to get to know who May is as May rather than yeah. Ming's daughter so I think that's where she falls short um yeah there's just yeah, like a, a yeah um, and you're right, I think. But I think it's quite interesting how they present the grandmother and the mother because actually, like, it shows that just because you you get older doesn't mean that your relationship with your mum gets easier. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. At times, it's mm-hmm. like, actually, that can sometimes be harder because when you're both adults, if you have an argument as two adults, a mother and daughter, that's harder to come back from because you can't just go and apologise to your mum and give her a hug like you could when you were like yeah. a child or a teenager yeah. it doesn't work the same way so I think quite a lot of like mm-hmm. older generations continue with that behavior because they don't want to push a parent away especially when that parent is then much older in like an older generation mm. and more vulnerable they don't want to risk creating a rift that could push that vulnerable member of the family yeah. out so it's all about that kind of balancing act of like I know that I'm not being treated potentially the right way but if I say something it could ruin the relationship at a crucial time in this person's life so mm. although it was like I wish I'd seen more of that standing up for herself I think that's also just quite accurate because I think sometimes yeah. it sounds bad but sometimes it's just like kind of that keeping quiet is actually the healthiest thing to do in that relationship because mm. which is bad it sounds bad but I think once sometimes someone hits a set in age they're probably not going to change and if you kind of then keep that not about keeping it to yourself all the time you can still push back on things being spoken rudely to but I think blowing open that hole when someone's like 40 and 60 or 50 and 70 it's a lot harder to do um yeah a lot harder no, I to agree do. but I feel like I guess like obviously the generational thing is true like it's a bit more like fragile because mm. of like culture as well especially I, I imagine in this family mm. and like the traditions and the respect with the family it's also important but I feel like like May's realized at 13 that there's issues so I feel like Ming could have realized quite early on that there were issues with her mom but do you think May would have said anything if she didn't turn into a red panda do you know what I mean like but but the red panda at the end of the day is a metaphor for growing up true but you don't need that but that's what I mean they're like in the film obviously what triggers that is May deciding actually because right up until the end of the film she's still with her mom like yes I'm gonna do the red moon ritual and like says it all to her face yeah and then kind of behind the scenes is doing her own thing it's only when she's forced to make that physical choice of I'm going to keep a panda and I'm going to keep something physical that I can't hide from you. So I yeah. think if Ming doesn't have that, does she? She's kind of, she goes through with getting rid of her panda. No wonder because it's flipping massive. She couldn't yeah, have kept yeah, that around. So <laughs> and I think that's also like, obviously, because then she talks about how her hair like comes back and like breaks through. She never really processed that change because she didn't really have a chance mm. to. So I think mm. that's then her processing it. So I think, yes may realizes early but i think she has the opportunity to kind of have it out because of the situation she finds herself in with the panda mm. i think without that specific situation she probably would have just gone through with the panda change and nothing would have happened nothing, nothing would have changed because her mom would think we've sorted the panda the panda's gone mm. crisis averted we carry on as normal it's only when they yeah. have that panda fight if you like <laughs> that yeah i know it's all metaphors i completely get that but i think it's only when there's that real obvious stopping point where you can't get past that you have to confront it that doesn't happen a lot that doesn't happen in a lot of relationships in a lot of relationships like parental and children it is very much like 
you either just go with the flow or you say, yeah, mom, that's cool. I'm doing it your way. And then do your own thing secretly behind. It very rarely yeah. comes to a head, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, that is true. I also was just thinking then as well, I think it's because of the other influences on May's life that she informs her decision about like who she wants to be as well yeah because like obviously her dad influences her her friends influence her so like I feel like she's forming who she is and who she wants to be through multiple people rather than just her her mum yeah um so I feel like that's quite important to know as well the fact that she makes that decision to keep the panda based off of obviously her own decision of like how she feels that she is but really she needs everyone around her to inform that decision and like especially her dad yeah true and her friends like they're the ones to point out that the panda is actually positive Mm -hmm. like her mum kind of makes it seem like the only choice is to get rid of it like she doesn't oh yeah there's no conversation is there really no there's no like do you want to keep it sort of thing and like obviously whilst it is a curse and inverted commas like in a lot of ways and an inconvenience like it's not really up to you to decide like yeah. when someone keeps that part of themselves yeah. um, or whatever it is. Like, let's say, I don't know, it's like a, a baby, for example, like you don't get to decide that <laughs> yeah. for that person, they make that decision themselves. So I feel like- I love how you jumped to baby sense. and I was thinking, <laughs> want to dress like a goth? Like- <laughs> yeah, that's probably more realistic. But I was thinking, I was like, what's a decision that like yeah. only someone, that like, you can't make for someone yeah. else? So I do feel like there should have been more room for like mm-hmm. choice, which is what her dad brings yes. out in her again it's, her it's that lack of listening it's just it's, a, it's it there's is. no conversation may no. panics as she would if you turn into a panda and yeah. the mom's like it's okay i have a solution and that's yeah. great having a solution is great but you might have a solution to something that doesn't actually need fixing and yeah. it's like you need to listen to a problem before you provide a solution i think her mom is exactly. very good at providing a solution all the mm. time but sometimes it's not the solution that may needs no and i think she I think there's not like a real discussion of like emotions or feelings. No, that's it's a good like, point. Yeah. Yeah. It means like we're gonna get through this, we're gonna get on it, like we'll get on with this, we'll push through, like we'll um we'll do the ritual, you'll, you'll be rid of the panda, like it'll be fine after that. It's yeah. not like how are you feeling about this? Like I know this is a hard time. Like th- there's none of that. No. So whilst Ming is like great in so many ways, she doesn't really allow May to process a lot of emotion. Doesn't facilitate conversation, does she? No, it's like no. we're addressing it's happening, we're gonna fix it. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. no process time in any of these situations. No. And she's made the decision for May. So it's yeah. like there's no real discussion to be had. This is what's happening, we're doing it, everything will be fine after that. Like she's just full steam ahead with everything. And obviously well, yeah. her intentions are pure. Yeah. But she doesn't stop and make time to listen to other people's perspectives because even when she thinks it's the period happening even then it's like she talks a lot and then she gets like she's at the school and she's like it's okay to feel this way it's fine blah blah blah, which is is good it's good to be supportive in that way but at no point does she actually listen to me at all Um, it's like she's got the solution ready before the problem has really happened um, which can be a good thing yeah, but like I say, sometimes that ready-made solution, one side does not fit all. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. She just 
like we see like the way she steams in with things she's very impulsive which as a parent I'm sure you would be very protective and everything over your child and you'd always want to believe that they are the person like in the right with everything yeah she's very impulsive like as we see when she goes into the the, like supermarket shop or wherever it is and shows the pictures to the guy and accuses him of all the things and then her friends well not friends like peers if you like from school in that shop like seeing this whole thing and she it's like she doesn't stop to take the time to think oh this actually is very embarrassing for my child she does a lot of things for her own benefit rather than for she thinks it's for May's benefit but actually yeah about her feeling like she's her child and she's been a good mom rather than actually thinking what does my child actually need from me right now yeah um yeah yeah definitely oh that scene was so hard to watch I was cringing so hard behind my pillow I know I know because they could have just had a discussion with some snacks you know like (laughs) just some snacks and like a a hot chocolate or something and she could have been like so like like, how are you feeling like you know do you want to talk about this like it's perfectly normal like you know she didn't have to be like who is this like trap them (laughs) down like this weird story like that's not a good thing to promote your child that that's a normal way to react to situations no um and she's also very impulsive in the way that she blames may's friends for like may's actions and everything like the way that may lashes out as a red panda towards tyler like she blames her friend's influence for that when it's like actually have you ever stopped to think about the fact that her friends have a positive impact on her she's so sure about dismissing Miriam throughout the whole thing she's like oh I don't not sure about that Miriam yeah Um, because she goes through and she's like yeah because Abby's okay and like but it's just like she doesn't really know um May's friends no and I think that comes obviously like you know you don't have to have your um child's friends around or whatever but like I think that's also another thing that we get is that they don't really go around to to me no. she goes out to see them yeah if if she has a social thing yeah true. um which pre-panda she obviously didn't have a lot of I think it was mostly school and then like on the way yeah and to school was her social life yeah. with them and obviously that expands once she is the panda or if you like uh a better version of herself in the sense that she's actually doing what she wants to do and chooses to go and spend time with her friends because that's what she wants to be doing um but yeah so she's very impulsive in that sense um which yes you would be protective if you're a parent and you wouldn't want them to ever be in the wrong but it's like think just think about like what could have caused her to be like this and also don't blame her friends just because they're there like at the time so yeah she she's she has a very kind of chaotic like chaotic personality where she doesn't think a lot I think before she acts yeah Um, and I think you're right it's like she's got a pre-planned thing in her head of like how she's going to deal with each situation as it arises yeah um which doesn't obviously life isn't formulaic so unfortunately that (laughs) doesn't work out for her um but obviously as we've said she has the best intentions for me she just doesn't go about them in the right way quite a lot of the time Mm -hmm. um and doesn't like you say listen um because if she did listen she would probably realize that may wants to do all of these things and yeah it would just be a healthier relationship all around yeah 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 Yeah. i think that was one of my like not problems a strong word but like obviously that you can present those issues without it being as stereotypical because like there is a stereotype around like Asian parents being incredibly strict and never letting their yeah. children do anything. So I think yeah. it 
that is kind of maybe one flaw like I know sometimes it does happen and there are shit parents I'm not saying that doesn't happen but I think yeah that was one trope that it really really did overplay and that team mm-hmm. Bogart I was telling you about before from that um yeah um, American Chinese girl she was saying that she, it just feels like it was the one stereotype that kind of remained was the idea that like she's very stereotypical Asian mom <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. apparently there's kind of a thing called the tiger mom in like um I think it's like, kind of like an American like style stereotype but it's this idea about like Chinese parenting in America and the idea is that like mm. a tiger mom is like highly controlling and strict and severe like to the point where it can like sometimes reach like emotional abuse you know what I mean and it's so intense yeah. um and I think like and this girl makes a good point that like you know not every Asian mom <laughs> is a tiger mom mm. <laughs> like that does like yeah. not everyone behaves that way and I think like that bit where she storms in to see the boy and whatever like it's so over exaggerated um, yeah, and I think like definitely it would have been nice to maybe had like the odd more I know the, the odd conversation where it was like slightly toned down a little bit because I think yeah, that was yeah. one big stereotype that they did still keep in and whether it's accurate mm. or not for some people they did take it to an extreme um, yeah too far too yeah because that bit with like yeah. the like I say with the um the bit with, with, the, with the crush and oh that was just so bad oh, it's so it was so awkward to watch and like let's oh. there's lots of things in this that are like cringe but like like they own the fact that they're cringe and I enjoy that and respect that but that scene oh. made me feel quite like I, I had to like hide behind like my cushion yeah my it was because oh. I was like I don't think I can watch it because like you could really feel the pain like because you know what it's like when you're a teenager to be embarrassed like in school in front of like all your school friends or your peers for whatever yeah. reason that's bad enough but like when it's your mum actually oh. causing that like that's even worse like to be honest like it's the way that she turns up to the school as well that, oh. that I couldn't deal with that either that would have I, I would have stressed I, but like, like, I was watching it and I was thinking this is also isn't very realistic like the mum's got a job no. like she wouldn't be no. behind a tree like this is a respectable woman in like a local yeah. neighborhood she's not exactly. going to be behind a tree with binoculars so for me like that trip did actually go a bit far sometimes like, I got the whole embarrassing yeah. point of it but it yeah. was like that was just that was a bit much like the whole like following her around in the car and like being on school grounds and then then coming into school like jumping to the windows all of that I was like that is a bit like yeah a bit much they needed to tone that right down because like as you say it makes it look like Ming has nothing better to do when we know she does yeah like it's yeah it was that was that was too much that was definitely too much and the thing is you don't need that to get the message across there was enough stuff in there yeah. To like get through that that message of kind of conflict and, and adolescence without having it go to that level of extreme. Like again, it's meant yeah. to be funny, but the reason that's become funny is because it's playing on that stereotype, which isn't pretty mm-hmm. right. Um so that was kind of one thing that I think was just kind of a bit much. Because <laughs> it yeah, I think it's already like a like a stereotype in lots of other TV and film where it's like, well, the Asian parents always the strictest parents. Mm. That's often what happens. Yeah. Like, the Asian parents never let their children go out like out to play and stuff and like it was just a shame I think that like yes obviously you know like I say lots of parents are like that it was just a shame that yeah. I think that was the one bit that was taken just way too far in a yeah. film that's very relatable and realistic mm. your mum wouldn't be behind a tree with binoculars <laughs> no I remember seeing that in the trailer and thinking I was like why like, I, was, I, I thought it was going to be a dream 
like yeah. a nightmare because that's very like realistic for me it's like you know when you imagine yourself like in your underwear at school, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that to me it was like that classic like she she's worried like like her mom's gonna show up at school because she's yeah. just quite overbearing so I thought that was gonna end up being like a nightmare in the film but it was mm. actually the film and I was like well, especially because there's a point where she's like you forgot your pads and I'm like no mom would do that like no no, no. <laughs> no mom would shout that across it just wouldn't just wouldn't no. happen no that's again like that is too far like they they made her like too extreme yeah which like is unnecessary because we got the point through other more subtle um, yeah things and because there are moments where she isn't extreme i think that's what's quite nice about her character overall is that as a as a general whole she's not an Mm. exaggerated character she's not too much the situation she finds herself in are very real apart from the red panda stuff (laughs) are like realistic (laughs) um so it's a shame that she has those moments where like it's just too much because you don't need them it, it's no the story tells itself no. without that um yeah so yes um, yeah and I also feel like they're the moments that might put people off watching the film yeah um so that's sad because like they included th- that one in the trailer with the like hiding in the trees and I do oh, feel gosh. like that is something that could people put people off unfortunately so like, yeah because yeah. those those for me as well were the moment like one of my critiques of the film was that at times it did feel quite young and that's fine because obviously that's like one of the main audiences yeah but yeah there were points of the film like that where it felt like a little bit silly like a bit too mm. silly for kind of everyone to enjoy which is weird yeah. when it's like obviously based back in 2002 it's it's building on that nostalgia of our generation if you like um yeah so I think moments like that didn't help because like that's just so unrealistic. That's kind of something mm. you would see in like a kids' car, like a kids' kids cartoon, yeah, like kind yeah, of over exaggerated yeah, stuff. So that was one of the things I felt like in the middle in particular. I got to the point where I was like, this is a little bit the wear bit. Mm-hmm. This is a bit young for me to try and like stay engaged, which is yeah. weird because like obviously the end is so emotional and like all of the themes are so emotional and deep, and the culture side of it is really like um mm. kind of interesting and deep and stuff so that was yeah one of my critiques of it was was that it did sometimes feel like a little bit too young and I don't I think that situation where like Ming is jumping from trees and binoculars and stuff and whacking people with a handbag yeah. didn't really didn't really help yeah, that I exactly like I completely agree I think it it didn't need to I think it was trying too hard with mm. that like it could have just just left seemed to chill a just bit. a little bit yeah <laughs> yes um so, yes, what was I going to say? Do you have anything else to say about the, the mother-daughter theme that we haven't already touched on? I think what I found quite nice was that was like we had this similar theme in Brave, which, as we know, yeah. I love. But yeah. I actually think in here what's nice is that in Brave, it's all negative. It's like, my mum never listens. And my mum, hate my mum. I don't want to spend any time with my mum. Whereas what I think was in, was nice was it captured the complexity of that because she really loves the mum yeah. and loves spending time together. And they have mm-hmm. a positive bond. There's just points where they clash and they, that, that yeah. forms a breaking yeah. point. Um, and that they can build and build and build. Whereas like in Brave, it was just like, I'm a teenager. I don't get on with my mum. Yeah. Um, I still yeah. love, don't get me wrong. But I think it's it's a bit more of like a basic interpretation. So I liked that they took this like another level and did it. Mm-hmm. So it was a point of like, actually, she still loves her mum and she respects her mum and she doesn't ever want to change her mum to an extent. She just wants her mum to understand her. Um, yeah. So that yeah. was quite a nice, like mature take on it. Um, I just thought it was a really, really cool theme to have. Um, and it was nice to have, I guess that kind of leads to like another theme around like women and female empowerment in the film. But mm. I think it was really nice to have like a, 
a, a really strong female cast obviously led by those yeah. two um yeah. which is really nice to have that and and that it addresses more than one issue and that they make a resolution at the end and even the resolution at the end like it's kind of it's good but obviously you can see it's still hard and there's still boundaries yeah like may still like works there and stuff and it's Hmm. they've compromised it's not like kind of one one person wins and one has to lose and it's like no, oh yay no. may was right like there's a compromise there yeah which I think yeah is nice. that's yeah i agree because i think it showcases how complicated relationships are in your family like that there will be times where you do disagree with someone about like something and yeah. to the point where you you will never be able to kind of agree like you kind of agree to disagree because you yeah. have a different opinion but you care and respect that person so much that yeah. you're not willing to get into a massive argument no. about it and let it ruin your relationship but it doesn't mean that you you know conform to what no. they believe and as we'd said she is 13 <laughs> 13 yeah, is still exactly. very young um, yeah. So I think that we have to remember with that as well is that there is still an element of like my sister's 14, you see. So obviously like mm. it's quite a similar age bracket for what for where she's at. And like 13 is still a very young age, especially if you mm. have had like, you know, that kind of protected upbringing in the sense of like, you know, you didn't play out with friends on the street all the time or whatever. Like it's yeah. You have to be eased in, you can't have everything at once because it is dangerous yeah. and the world can be a dangerous place. So it's like yeah. I like that it has that balance of like yes may gets like you know some more freedoms but it's still good parenting <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's not like yes may you can do whatever you want now you're 13 it's like actually 13 yeah. is still very young to make any decisions you don't really know who mm-hmm. you are at 13 <laughs> yeah yeah it's about giving true. someone the space to, 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 to start learning who you are mm. so yes yeah it's a very complicated theme and especially when you have it lots of the culture and generation elements on top of it it is very complicated it is, but I think yeah. what's cool is like a lot of people have I think it's, it's got quite a lot of similar themes to Encanto um mm, yeah it has so I, and I think it's been nice like on TikTok and on like other social media platforms to see people's reactions to that and see people saying this looks like my family this is a conversation mm. I've had like I've watched it with my family and it's opened up these conversations around it which I think is really cool um, yeah it so is yes yes yeah. I'm sure there's more we could say, but I think that will do there. I think for the mother daughter yeah, situation. Yeah, we've given that a good stab. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess like the other one for me, the big one is around like female empowerment and female representation because mm. that seems to be the one that seems to be so controversial, which is annoying. Um, yeah. And, and and that whole relatability, I think it kind of blends the idea of like women and then cultures, different cultures, and like the fact that it's not a white man is the protagonist. Yeah. And yeah. so there's this meme that I'd found the other day, and um it's shocking. I didn't even I don't know how I didn't realize this. So out of all Pixar films, so bring in mind this is the 25th Pixar film, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Um Turning Red is only the fourth to have a female protagonist. All others are male-led or, like with The Incredibles, are led by a mixed group. Yeah. So, like, people say how unrelatable Turning Red is. It's like, actually, although, so it's Brave, Inside Out, Finding Dory, which is obviously based on a, a male-led yeah. one anyway, and Turning Red. They're the only Pixar films that have a female protagonist. That mm. blew my mind. I hadn't even thought about it, but I was like, You've obviously got Buzz and Woody. You've got like Flick and the Gang in Bugs Life. You've got um, Sully and Buzz, Marvin and Nemo, and then obviously Incredibles, Cars, 
most of the main guys are men mm. in that. Ratatouille, Wally, yeah. Up. Um, going through sequels here. Let's try to avoid this. The Good Dinosaur. Don't even get me started. Mm. <laughs> what even is that? <laughs> Coco. Um, Onwards. Soul mm. and Luca. Like, yes, they have good female characters. When you look at like the main one or the main two, it's guys. Yeah. <laughs> the people yeah. who are driving this plot are the men. So it's really like crazy when, when all these men are like, I can't relate to this film. Well, why don't you yeah. go back to see other 21 films that you can relate to? I was gonna to say, <laughs> like, how like ugh, privileged and spoiled I know. can you be to have that as the, the one complaint? Because yeah, that is very eye-opening. I know. Um, but I feel like it's again like reflective of like the times and everything like that because we're seeing with Disney in general like more like independent and strong women as a whole now like as protagonists Mm. which is great um but it's just a shame that it takes so long for this to happen and like I just I wish that we would see this like we would have seen this like when we were younger like that some of the female characters would have been main characters and also stronger because mm. yeah like most of the Pixar films when we were younger were male dominated Pixar and films. then on the other side Disney films didn't have mums they were all dead so yeah. like I'm very lucky at the fact that my mum is a really really great strong female role model so I grew up mm. with that so I was all good on that front but like not everybody has that not everyone has a chance to have that it's like it's just that's not a bad thing or a good thing it's just not everyone has that exposure to that type of person in their life so yeah I think our generation were kind of deprived from like motherly female roles yeah in a mother capacity because obviously even though like Mrs Incredible is in the film she's she's Mm. not a mum throughout the film really she just like I'm gonna go save the world and I'll be back soon. Like she's not, she's not a realistic representation. Not really, no. <laughs> she's really cool, but it's yeah, not a but... cool represent like it's not an accurate representation. So I think that that for me was really shocking to see that. And mm. I think you're right, we are improving, but I also think it's a really stark reminder that it's not improving as much as we think it is. I think it's That's, still yeah. so slow. I mean. Like mm. that, the fact that in that image, that was, you know, the last female led film from Pixar that we had was Finding Dory. I know. Like since then, there's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight films. This is the eighth film since and, then. But I also think this speaks to deeper problems actually as well of like women in terms of careers yeah because it speaks into how little female directors there are yeah because let's be honest like the fact that we had a female director in this film heavily influenced how women were represented of course um so I do think that that speaks to further problems just in general in society yeah it's taken so long for women to get into these positions yeah because that's the problem women haven't had the chance to do this yet and make their stamp yet because they weren't allowed to get into these positions or they were rejected from these positions because they were women and it's like you know, we obviously women as a whole were just behind because yeah. that's how we started off in life. Yeah. So we had a lot of catching up to do. And I think to me, like, this just speaks to the fact that, you know, in general, it's not just the fact that, like, you know, Pixar haven't had women represented in the films. I think it's that Pixar haven't had a lot of women 
in within mm-hmm. the company to influence those films in that way so I think this is where I think you know now we've got a film like this I'm excited to see like other yeah. films are also directed by women in in Pixar and to see like what they can bring to the table and that's not just saying only women can direct films about strong women yeah. that is not true but clearly it know, makes like, a difference this makes a difference and it's something that I would like to see more of definitely but yeah yeah, I just feel like it's because it's taken so long Mm -hmm. for women to be respected in these positions and considered for these positions is one of the reasons at least that why we just don't see their like a female presence in a way that we would like and it should be in a way that's relatable in the way that's accurate as well so yeah yeah, it's frustrating Um, and you Mm -hmm. see it it's like you know we cast our mind back to Marvel, for example, and the fact that, like, mm. for so long, whilst I, we love Marvel films, the idea that, like, the original Six Avengers had one woman to five men is just not accurate. Like, sorry, no. it's just not. No. Um, I know. For many, many years, that's what we were stuck with. We were stuck with, and of course, that representation of a woman is obviously absolutely stunning, gorgeous, fights like a badass. As like as attracts to everyone, like yeah. can do everything really, really well. So even yeah. that, like it's not a realistic presentation no, of emotion of or anything. Not. Whereas you no. look now and you look at the fact that when we've got people like often like one division and that whole like exploration yeah. of emotion and family, and then you look now like Miss Marvel coming out and the fact that it's like like a, a mm. young, a young girl from an Asian family these messages are being brought out more and more and more. And people don't like yeah. it because when you say about you know, like those films are being led by white men because for them that's the been the default so for them they feel put out I imagine because that's what they feel entitled to so that's the yeah. norm and I'm not saying it's everybody it's obviously not everyone but the people who are kicking up a fuss are unfortunately basically like stereotypical white men who have an issue with yeah. it it's yeah. like and it comes back to the, the, there was a review that was basically pulled so it was for turning red and I think it was in um cinema blend um and it was actually the managing director wrote it. And this is the, I can't believe this was published. It was pulled afterwards oh, because God. the cast complained. He said, I recognise the humour in the film, but connected with none of it. By rooting Turning Red very specifically in the Asian community of Toronto, the film legitimately feels like it was made for director Domi Shi's friends and immediate family members, which is fine, but also a tad limiting yeah. in its scope. You know, that, that was what he said. <laughs> It was like, which is fine, which but it's is a tad, fine. but it's also a tad limiting in its scope. That was what he wrote in his review. So obviously there was a massive kickback oh in that. It's sexist, it's racist. Yeah. And he then felt the need to tweet afterwards, even though it was like pulled down, he put some Pixar films are made for universal audiences. Turning red is not. The target audience of this one feels very specific and very narrow. If you are in it, this might work very well for you. I am not in it. This was exhausting. So this is obviously where um, Simu tweets so this stems is what, from. Yeah, yeah, so he's like, retweeted yeah. that, and because it's this this whole idea that because one film doesn't. I've I've the quote you hear. I remember doing like shows in. Um, I'm really into theatre, and I've said lots of classic musical theatre roles are written for white men, <laughs> um, mm. and I remember doing a show, and it and th- this male um, song had to be sung by. Um, a male who was of African-American culture and heritage. Hmm. And the comments I heard from 
white male performers that were like oh like you know why don't you know it's really frustrating that we don't get that good song why don't we get those good notes it's not fair and I'm like look at the entire history of musical theatre songs where those songs have always been written for you and people who look like you so it's that frustrating thing where it's like turn around and say this is not made for a universal audience when you've got a film about rats (laughs) rats who cooks and opened his own parish restaurant but you're fine with that one (laughs) yeah yeah it honestly it is like as soon as there's something because we've seen it with captain marvel people don't like that film just because it's a female-led film no one will say that the reason they people will be like oh i don't like the story or i don't like the way that it's filmed i don't like the actress it's like actually no no it's not the only difference in this with any other marvel original like marvel superhero film is that this is a woman yeah that's that's literally it but like that is the reason if you say like oh why don't you like it the reason they will give is like because they'll they'll pick flaws of either like brie larson Mm -hmm. or like oh well you know she's just not she's not like strong enough like she doesn't really compete with the other avengers and it's like oh because they're men and then the flip side is well she's too strong so, well, yeah, it's unrealistic. A woman can't be that strong. Like it's, yeah, there's just, but it is always, and that's not to generalize and like, cause I'm passionate about it, but like, there's always going to be men who don't like something because it's focused on a woman and they think it should be a man instead. Um, and that's not and, me and saying everything can... should be women. No, but... <laughs> it's like, don't kick off when it is a woman or when yeah, it's someone who yeah. um, isn't white. Like we have the same issue, I think yeah. with like, um, Shang-Chi and people were like critiquing that and saying it wasn't a real Marvel movie because oh. it, it dared to have some kind of culture that wasn't American in it mm. like we are so people are so at the minute kind of like brainwashed into thinking that if it doesn't mm. talk about American culture or English culture or white culture then yeah. oh it's, it's, it's a risky film no like these yeah. people with these cultures make a large portion of the world that we just choose to ignore in the mm. film industry for mm. so long that now it's starting to get representation people are like oh I don't like this oh this yeah. doesn't look I'm like sure me well welcome yeah. to the last however many years of cinema and tv for every minority ethnicity mm. that's been their whole life is never seeing anybody on tv who looks like them so it's like yeah. actually Welcome to the real world. <laughs> the world is diverse yeah. and that makes the world beautiful. And if people can't accept that other cultures exist and we can benefit and learn from them, then that's on them because they're just missing out on those yeah. lessons. Exactly. And I feel like there's another side to it as well where like not as deep, but something that's important is that like if you don't if you don't like something, like that's that's fine. You're allowed to not like something, but that doesn't mean you bring it down for everyone else. No and tell other people that they shouldn't like mm-hmm. it and they're wrong to, to like it and you know there's all these reasons that like you shouldn't like this thing and it's terrible mm-hmm. like you don't need to bring someone else's experience down or opinions down on no. something like you you can just move on like if you don't like something yeah that's fine move along we don't we don't care we yeah. want to just you know revel in the fact that we had an enjoyable experience with a film that really brought us up in a way where like it really was uplifting for me yeah so I just think sometimes like everyone's entitled to an opinion but you know what like if if all you're doing is damaging other people and trying to bring other people down we don't need to hear that like that's how I feel about these things because it's just selfish like it's for your personal gain of trying to feel like you're the one that you know is right in your opinions so so yes I've I've seen like quite a lot of that going around on like uh Twitter recently Mm. where it's like you know 
it's that it's actually like what Thumper says like if you haven't got something nice to say so don't say nothing at all it's so true we don't need the negativity unless so something is offensive <laughs> yeah <laughs> like if it's just course, not for cool, you then that's cool fine yeah exactly because yeah. so, like, yes. certain films I won't watch like I just because they're just not for me it doesn't mean that I yeah. trash them like I remember a good example is loads of people like Brooklyn 999 I don't know how many lines there are. I tried it, wasn't a massive fan. It's <laughs> like nine and nine and nine. I tried it, it wasn't for me, just because it wasn't necessarily like the kind of style of TV that I like to watch. Nothing wrong with it in the way it was written or the presentation or whatever, like that. Like, cool. Do I go yeah. on the internet and bash it to pieces and call people who don't like it all sorts of names? No, it just wasn't my no. type of show. Um, sorry if that offends anyone. <laughs> but it just like it wasn't my type <laughs> of show at that time of my life. I might go back at like next week and like it. But you don't have to like everything. Not everything no. is made just for you. <laughs> no, exactly. So and, yeah, and I think so, a lot of people have that level of entitlement, unfortunately, where they feel like mm, everything should be written for them and them specifically. And actually, no, it doesn't need to be. Mm, and they feel like their voice matters. And I'm not saying that you know, like people don't matter when they have something to say, mm. but they feel like their voice matters. Like it's the it's the voice of like reason when it comes to these things that should be listened to as like the overarching yeah. like truth about something yeah um because they get a kick out of people like i don't know in, like agreeing with them or disagreeing with them so yeah, yes true. i do yeah. feel like the controversy with this film is just unnecessary it's not um, even it's not controversial no that's what's that's so bizarre thing. like it's being labeled controversial in all these articles mm-hmm. and i'm like it's just not and i think it's what gets so bizarre with like things like animated films what, what, how can you call this like I say um, controversial when you have a film about rats when you have a film about I rats know. like cooking in Paris kitchens and having their own dishes in after them like it doesn't make sense no, when you put that next to the previous film if you have films about aliens scaring kids for energy like yeah. <laughs> there's, there's many more thought. controversial things than this but it's as we've said it's because people are not seeing themselves in a film in the same way that they've had the privilege of doing so for so long and yeah you know they're kicking off about it yeah so shocking so yes that's our rant over <laughs> yes it just really frustrates me because it's like actually do you know what like embrace it and like, I love watching yeah. films that have got cultures that are different to mine because I yeah. learn stuff yeah. I love that I know. why would you not want to enjoy that I don't understand be more open-minded honestly like just open your mind to the the prospect of other things in life and other cultures and other people like you know it's just not hard it's not hard to be nice it takes more effort and energy to be mean and negative than it does to be nice exactly so there you go (laughs) yes (laughs) it's not hard so if you are a racist or a sexist and you're listening, we hope we've changed your mind. Yeah, that's that yes, yes. Um <sighs> so I feel like we've discussed like two of the like main themes, mm. if you like. Um, I feel like there's quite a few other ones, but I feel like we can't go into detail. No. Oh my goodness, no. But I feel like some of them are like, you know, obviously one of the main ones is the whole growing up and um your inner beast if you like as well True. and like embracing who you are um and accepting yourself yeah um i feel like finding yourself is definitely yeah and I, I feel like we've discussed that a lot with characters really haven't we we've discussed that maybe more yeah. in like our thing with me exactly. and i think yeah so yeah i think you're right kind of trusting yourself sometimes is a good way like sometimes you can get yeah. advice from other people like getting advice mm. from other people is good but ultimately yeah. sometimes the only person who can make a decision that's right for you is you yeah yeah exactly 
Um, and I love, I love the way that this film like gets you to embrace like all parts of yourself and like mm-hmm. doesn't make you suppress like the bits that you're kind of embarrassed about or like the messy and awkward parts of yourself and yeah. it teaches you to kind of live your life fully no matter you know what people think of you like that's not what's important like don't let people get in the way yeah. of your kind of happiness um so that's such a positive message especially for um you know younger audience members um because mm-hmm. that is very impactful at a young at a young age that kind of message will stick with you and guide you through uh those years i think i would have loved to have had this film when i was a teenager <laughs> Would have, yeah. would have helped make things feel less lonely sometimes with like you know the feelings that you're going through yeah, and the shame and embarrassment that teenage years brings mm. um so yes and um obviously we discussed like friendship as well I think that's obviously one of the themes yeah. but it's not it's like we were saying before it's like more of a subtle theme yeah um but it's it's a great like a really great thing that they do in this uh, in this film like showing the impact of having a, a good group of friends yeah. I think that's another thing yeah I agree and obviously and like family and wider family as well is obviously a yeah. big one um, yeah. I think they do also like it's touched on a little bit but they also look at diabetes really like yeah subtly yeah, yeah, yeah. really um, because I think it was in the trailer and then I think like in the classroom scene they have like a moment where it's like it's very very brief but there's that kind of touch. So I think we're just working more towards a world where everyone is included and can see themselves yeah. on, on screen. And I think that is a big one is not everyone is the same. <laughs> not everyone no. needs to be. And I think this film is good at putting that out there is like, for example, the fact that May's family and her, her ancestors didn't need to keep the panda. But that doesn't mean mm. that that's right or wrong. It means it's yeah. right for them. May keeping the panda is right for her. And so I think that's, it's a yeah. nice reminder to everything in this film that, Whatever makes you happy, as long as it doesn't mm. cause harm or damage to somebody else, mm. is okay. Yeah. <laughs> like being yeah. you and being different is good. And I think that's like it's a, yeah. it's a classic standard of theme that we hear all the time, but it's just so true that like mm-hmm. trying to conform to what somebody else expects you to be or what you think you should be is just exhausting and not worth your yeah. time. It's a waste of time. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And also, people can't be bothered to stick around like when you're the real version of yourself then mm. they're not people you want in your life anyway so yeah to be fair that was one big issue I had with this film was the fact that everyone was so chill with her being a panda no one freaked out <laughs> <laughs> that's so inaccurate like oh yeah 100 percent. like she the way she was running around town like, yeah as a ran out of school I was like people would question this it would be like obviously it was on the news but like it would be way more of a big deal than it was it was weird when I was watching it I thought no one's really making a big deal about this I don't really understand <laughs> yeah yeah it's so normalized <laughs> and obviously like she came out and even like her friends like it was it was important that they accepted her but like if you no offense Rosie but if you turned into a red panda in front of me I would definitely have a freak out moment before yeah you would be shocked yeah of it's course. just beyond the realms of what you think is yeah. possible in this world so then when like the rest mm. of the school just accept that I'm like as cool as this is this is really yeah, not really. Why are we all like not <laughs> asking questions about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was, was another bit. True. I was like, this is not very realistic. Um, <laughs> I was like, yes. high schools are not like this. Like, they made fun yeah. of her for like her backpack or for having a crush on the guy in the shop. But when she's around Panda, they're like, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay. <laughs> no one questions it. Um, no. 
so yeah I did kind of maybe expect a little bit more pushback from the kids at school maybe to Mm -hmm. then kind of like accept her but it was just very instant which is nice but just not realistic (laughs) yeah it was very quick like her popularity her rise in popularity was very very quick (laughs) everyone just accepted that she could turn into a panda and no one questioned it (laughs) yeah which would make make sense if other people other kids turn into other animals but as far as we're concerned (laughs) it's just a hair family thing (laughs) yeah yeah, very strange. Yeah. Very, very strange. But hey ho. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's kind of obviously said there are a lot of other themes, but I think we'll probably like talked about some in other parts of the podcast. Yeah. We've talked about the main yeah. ones here. And um, we could go on forever, but I think that kind of covers most things. Yeah, I feel satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Um, so that brings on to Disney fun fact number four. So in the Disney Plus documentary, Embrace the Panda, Making Turning Red, director Johnny Shi explained why the red panda was the perfect animal for the movie and its main character. She said, like, red pandas are very attached to their mums. They sleep all day, they eat bamboo, but they're not supposed to eat bamboo. Like, bamboo doesn't give them enough nutrients, but they eat it anyway. So I kind of imagine it's just like a lazy teenager just eating chips and sleeping all day. <laughs> I love that. That's so, so cool. It's really cool. The detail again, it's just like I know. incredible. I know, it's I so it. cool. It's just, yeah, it's a pick that animal and it just works so well. That's, that's so funny about yeah. the bamboo. <laughs> I know it's it's just so great I also love the fact that we've not got a really generic animal as well like yeah I, I really appreciate the fact that like this also because something that I wanted to say actually is that this has actually raised awareness of red pandas as a species oh, really? a lot of people didn't actually know yeah a lot of people didn't know what they were oh. um, and that they are endangered and that they need protection um because a lot of their habitat is destroyed and oh. um so there's a lot of conservation behind red pandas and so zoos and uh, like conservation like pages if you like on social media have all been promoting the film it, but in the same way they've also been saying like oh like if you want to find out more about red pandas have a look at our page and like come and visit and we can tell you more about them and I think that's great because it's so easy to have such a generic animal like a I don't know, like a tiger or a lion or yeah just gone for a normal panda which let's be honest we've seen that a million times before but I think it was nice that obviously it fit well in terms of like the the reasoning behind why they went with a red panda but I think it's also nice that they chose an animal that people are just maybe less familiar with in general as a species and it's just like great the way that this is actually ultimately led to raising awareness of the species and also allowing kind of um conservationists to kind mm-hmm. of speak up a bit more about that species yeah. um in a way where people probably will engage more because a company like pixar have chosen this animal as the it's, current. it's on trend isn't it you know yeah well yeah because just think like the amount of kids that will now have like um may plushies like red yeah. panda plushies you know like they might take that to the zoo and maybe the red panda will be their favorite animal now and they'll find out more about the red panda and what they can do to help and that can have a knock-on effect in terms of like what they'll do to help red pandas and you know they'll tell other people about the animal so it really has helped in that respect as well um so i think that's something important well if you'd like a fun fact for anyone that doesn't know google do something called google trends and you can kind of check what people search behavior is for certain terms so i've just checked red panda 
so like <laughs> for this time last year like i think it goes up to about 100 so it's like, it's like zero to 100 scale of like how popular mm. this search is this time last year popularity was at 18 today it's 70 <laughs> like yeah. that's how massive yeah. like search like search volume inc- has increased mm-hmm. for the term red panda around um on google which is so cool like it's jumped from like 20 in feb up to 70 and it's projected yeah. to reach about 100 um this week or like next week mm-hmm. which is just so cool like you mm-hmm. can see it actually happening and it's like yes you think oh yeah of course it's gonna help with that but like it is um, it genuinely is yeah that's that's the best thing about it like i just i just love that i think it's just nice and it's quite brave as well because like if you have a, a, a let's say like an inverted commas an appealing popular um, animal as your main character then of course it's going to draw people along yeah. because kids will love like a um like a lion or something like that but like a red panda is like a bit more unique um i think i think it's not, not an animal that everyone's seen necessarily um or heard about and yeah. I think when someone hears panda they just think of the normal you know giant yeah. panda um so yeah I just really love that choice like obviously it's my favorite animal so I'm biased <laughs> in that respect but like obviously I care so much about that species so I love the fact that this has had an actual impact yeah. on the animals themselves it's not all just fun and games like and very important thematic messages for humans but animals also get to benefit from the release of this film so yes, yes that's yes that is yes. my <laughs> TED talk <laughs> It was we a good TED on. talk. Thank you. <laughs> so before we discuss our scores, because we are at that point of the episode, I think mm-hmm. we won't talk on this a lot because we talked about it no. in depth yeah. in our yeah, last episode. Um, forever, episode. So. <laughs> but just I guess quite briefly, was this a film that you think deserved to be on the big screen? Definitely. I think um personally, I think all animated films deserve to be seen on the big screen, no matter what company they're made with, yeah. because animation is meant to be seen in the best like format. And the amount of work that goes into these films, it needs to be appreciated on a wider scale. Um, But specifically for this film, I just get angry, and I've said this before, so apologies, I know I'm a broken record, but I get angry (laughs) about the fact that, like, of course, it's a Pixar film, but it doesn't get to be released in the cinemas, but, like, Disney ones and Marvel ones still get to, Mm. and it's like, so they've decided to just drop Pixar. And I understand the COVID reasoning to an extent, however they're still releasing other films so yeah. it's like well if that's your excuse that doesn't really seem to work out like no. if, if you're picking and choosing which you're supporting and which you're not and from an animator's perspective I would be very very angry about this because yeah. it's like so you don't appreciate my input and my work as much as you appreciate the people that worked on Encanto for example yeah um and again this is an experience that like let's say Let's say I was a mother. Again, I'm not. But I would like to take my daughter to go and see this film in the cinema. It's a whole experience together. You know, like seeing, watching stuff in your home is great. It's cosy and it's it's nice and, you know, it's comfortable. Yeah. But I think seeing something like this on the big screen just kind of amplifies the experience that you get and just makes it all the more kind of captivating as well. Because when you're in a cinema, you're so like isolated and focused on the film, like literally just the film. When you're at home, there's probably stuff going on like a washing machine or whatever, like distracting you and you're not quite getting the full picture. So yeah, I think it absolutely deserved to be on the big screen and I will be forever annoyed that it wasn't. Um, So yeah, that's my thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. I think, like, I agree with you. I think it, all of these films are to be in the cinema. And I think, like, for me, for example, if it'd come out on 
in the cinema, I'd have gone to see it on the Friday. That's what would have happened. Yeah. I would have made it a priority. Yeah. I'd have been at the cinema on the Friday. I didn't watch this mm-hmm. film until the Wednesday because it kind of feels like less urgent and less of a priority because yeah. it's it's Available it's kind of there whenever. Yeah. Um, so it's a shame. And I think all those like lovely details about things like you know um, like the, the diabetes patch and, and medical stuff which you know I missed the first time watching so like the red panda details yeah. and the scenery when it's not on a massive screen it can be harder to pick no. things up and um, like you say when there's more distractions yeah. in your bedroom or your living room or whatever it can be mm. easier to miss those beautiful details so it, uh, yeah I think it, it deserved to be I did feel when I was watching it though I thought if there's kind of any kind of Pixar film that maybe kind of suits a more casual viewing I think because it was quite a casual style it was very kind of like it reminded mm. me of a lot of tv shows so like the kind of um show reminded me of at times which is one of my issues it was just moments of it where it was like it felt like I was watching My Little Pony with my sister when she was younger <laughs> interesting like moments with it you know where they like zoom in and then have like big hot eyes and it was just like quite oh, yeah. like yeah. those moments to me felt quite tv-ish so I feel mm. like when I was watching it like I still am all for don't get me wrong absolutely should be in the cinema yeah. but when I was watching it I was like actually like it has elements of it that feel quite tv-ish so I can kind of see like mm. how it it does like I don't think we lost as much in something like this which I feel like we may be lost in something like Soul or Luca because of the kind of abstract landscapes yeah and because they were yeah. quite not saying that they deserve to be in the cinema more they didn't they all deserve to be but I feel like we didn't yeah. lose as much in turning red because most of it was human relatable mm. circumstances um the landscapes weren't as vast um, mm. like in the backgrounds and stuff like that so I think that that diminishes them but it's kind of less it's hard to try and explain it without sounding like I'm like critiquing it when I'm not but I just think like when you watch that kind of more casual setup in a casual space mm. it feels like you're mm-hmm. missing less um yeah. whereas I feel like when I watch Luca with the beautiful like vast oceans and that, that like city yeah, yeah, yeah. new world yeah. type thing same as soul mm. where it's like this kind of whole new world I feel like you miss out on that more um when it's yeah. at home because it feels so separate whereas because mm-hmm. I feel like the way that met like turning red was made it felt like someone was talking directly to you so I feel like yeah. that in that way like the tv side benefited it because it did feel quite personal to just you and um, so I yeah. think it probably got away with it in certain respects because of the style of the film mm. make it right <laughs> but I think yeah. it maybe got away with it a bit more because it had those like breaking the fourth wall and that's a very sitcom tv yeah, style yeah, thing yeah. to do so yeah I think it lots of the elements of it lended itself to being watched at home but that doesn't mm. mean that it shouldn't have been released on the cinema because it absolutely should have been um yeah yeah and to me there's no excuse for it so it's just like frustrating um like if there was a genuine reason for yeah. it that like aligned with like reasoning for like why other things haven't been released mm-hmm. then it would be fine I wouldn't have an issue like like if Encanto was released in Disney plus as well and if like the Marvel yeah. releases were obviously that's not going to happen because cinemas are open and everything yeah. but like then at least it would be fair yeah. but it's just outright like saying Pixar's not the same yeah. to us which isn't it doesn't right. mean as much to us so yeah yes that's uh it's really frustrating um yeah because I really wanted to go and sit in the cinema and um, I wanted yeah, to have that too. experience and to go and to feel it I mean I still cry like I cried in this film like I did Same. cry quite a bit but I have a feeling I probably would have yeah. cried a lot sooner and had those emotions yeah. a bit more overwhelming um mm. 
but it's a it surround the sound and it's all of that to me it's like yeah. all of your senses are heightened in a cinema yeah. and you're so focused you don't miss things I think sometimes your attention can be quite taken away from yeah. the tv because yeah you, like you watch tv so casually like if you're watching a tv series mm-hmm. you're not 100% focused on it no. so for me I like to go to a cinema and fully absorb the content that I'm watching well it's it. even things as simple as like not having your phone out do you know what I mean exactly. like when you're That's at home I mean. the phone's just there yeah. or like yeah, there's no interruptions. No. Like, no. so that's yeah, that's what was missing from this for me, like for the experience. Um, yeah, and I think it deserves to be celebrated as well. For me, it just feels so casual. Like, and I'm not yeah. saying that you know things aren't celebrated when they go on Disney Plus, but but you make it yeah. Deal. And I was really annoyed because I went on Disney Plus on Friday because I was trying to watch Pam and Tommy, and mm. I because it's quite a new release. I was kind of going through the new release banner at the top. I expected Turning Red to be the first one on there. Mm. Bearing in mind, this is one week after it's been released. It was fifth. Yeah, that's I was really like, bad. I don't understand. Like, it's your brand new feature, like, like length film. Yeah. It's animation, which is what the company is all about. And yeah. you've got it. Be- it was behind the most bizarre things as well. Like, I was like, that is so weird. Like, why is it number five on that list? Like, it's been out a week. And it's, mm. and it's got like a, a heightened press coverage it's got people mm. talking about it it's not like it's kind of a quiet release exactly so why is it oh it baffled me I was like why is it so far down the line I know yeah so yeah that just, really annoyed it's me it's a shame it's a shame and I hope they don't continue down this route and I know they put yeah. COVID to use as a blanket for now but like I, it's still not an excuse to me so yeah. well it's, I think the next Pixar release is Lightyear isn't it mm. um and I, I have, I mean, that is planning to go back to the cinemas. Um, mm. So hopefully. Only, uh, three months, less than three months away. So what, for me, again, that makes it worse because I'm like, if you can release that in the cinema, why couldn't you release this one in the cinema? True. Although to be fair, they, they were planning distribution before Christmas, I guess, when like Omicron was crazy. So I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't True. at all. But then why are other films out at the same time? I, well, I guess to be fair, no other Disney f- or Marvel film has come out since Christmas, has it? Because um, Encanto was before Christmas. I guess Encanto was just before, yeah. Yeah, which is they could have pushed. They could have pushed it back. There's no rush to get it out in the cinema. If like they could have waited, they didn't True. have to do it. But yeah, I, don't I know. think I they were worried about it because I think, particularly, I think in America, in the UK, like cinemas are open and it's fine. But I think in America, mm. like at that point, a lot more cinemas were closed. Um, yeah. and still hadn't reopened yet depending on state rules and laws and stuff so I wonder if that had a lot to play into it because they were obviously worried that but I don't understand like when you would do things like when we had this pand- level of pandemic like last year like with Black mm. Widow or Jungle Cruise whatever you just released it on premium first yeah, so I don't exactly. understand why you couldn't give people the option yeah that's, that's what yeah. I mean so like you would have yeah, it in yeah. the cinema and in premium and, and then premium, yeah it would be free later on like lots of the other films had so not defending it I'm just saying <laughs> I feel like reasoning yeah. wise I can see why that decision has been taken in like a precautionary sense but I don't think it's excusable when in we had similar situations the year before and, yeah. and we were given two options it just doesn't make exactly. sense exactly I know does not make so, sense disappointing but, but we enjoyed it anyway <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah Provide briefly for me, please, the overall <laughs> thoughts on the film and how you rate it out of 10. Um, okay, so I love this film a lot. Um, but my issue with this film is actually really like, I'm probably kind of picky to some people. 
But like, to me, the animation of the red panda, like, obviously, I know it's not meant to be an actual red panda, like, with the, the, the accurate size and everything. I just wish they made it a little bit, like, more appealing, because I personally don't feel like the red panda is actually that appealing to look at in this film. I think it wasn't very like detailed, scary. was it? No, but they're also just quite scary. Like, and there are cute moments, like when she rolls up it with her tail and everything, and like that there are really cute moments. But for me, like I just wish they made it like a little bit like cuter or a bit more positive in terms of representation. Mm. Because they are I very know you can cute. go the opposite end of the scale, like you can go too cute and it's just a bit too much. But I was kind of hoping it would be a little bit more, not accurate because obviously it had to be bigger for the story to work, but just maybe a bit more detail on the Red Panda animation that made it more realistic. I don't Mm. know. I just, I was just hoping for better on that part for me, but I think that's because they're my favourite animal and animation to me is always something that I look at with these films as like one of my main things. So I think there's just something that I wanted differently with the Red Panda animation. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt a bit awkward, which I guess reflects the film. Well, so yeah, like... cause I, cause I was going to say, I think that was a conscious choice because when I've read a lot around like mm. the design of the film, I think what they were mm. saying was that they wanted her to be so far out of her comfort zone. So she's chunky, she's got a big belly, like she's yeah. messed up, like her whiskers are skewed, her fur mm. is a bit all over the place, she smells. And I think like the idea behind it was that sense of like, they wanted her to feel so far out of her comfort zone that it was like trying to accept something so bizarre into her life. Um, And they wanted her to have those moments where like, you know, she would be cute and cuddly and have those moments, Mm. but it was still kind of so like removed, Mm. (laughs) I guess, from her comfort. Yeah, that makes sense. But it it is, is, because it is a bit frustrating, like, because I, for me, it wasn't, it didn't feel like detailed either, like the actual panda itself. As I wanted it to be. so, because I remember like having such high hopes, like for like the merch for this as well, mm. and like whilst like some of it is nice, um, it's not like how I envisioned like it would be. And I also think again, like obviously, it's great that it is representing and like raising awareness for pandas, mm. but I just wish it was slightly more visually like appealing than it is. Like it's a really like small thing to pick on, but like it is something that I wish it's just a little bit more visually appealing. Um, yeah. But I think it is because it's reflecting the story. So, yeah. It's yeah. like, it's frustrating because it was there for the story's reason, but it also kind of, it's like, it's just a shame because they are such beautiful. One of the things yeah. I love about Red Pandas is they are so beautiful and cute and just so lovely to look at. So it I is know. Pain, but, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, don't get me wrong, like the, the representation is still cute and there are details. Um, but just for me, I would have done it differently, but I'm not an animator, so. <laughs> but yeah, so that's like one of my like things, my my like kind of issues, if you like, but obviously it's very small. Um, and obviously we've discussed um, the stereotyping. There is some stereotyping in this. Yeah, film. there is. It could have been toned down. <laughs> there are, there's even bits when it comes to like, um, you know, you get really into it, the fact that they have to like, X, X what's what I'm looking for, X. Oh, what's I looking for? Ex- not exclude. Like, oh, basically, like, basically, like, yeah, that's a profit off of like kind of turning her culture, if you like, into a bit of a joke. The fact that like yeah. the red panda becomes yeah. like a kind of gimmick for people at parties when actually it's a really yeah. big part of her family's culture and heritage mm. is those things. Exploit. And that's the word that's I wanted. Word. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that like when the grandma turns up, she kind of turns up looking like she's part of a mobster gang. Like, there are a few yeah. off yeah, moments yeah, yeah. that play up stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, I feel like that's like an issue. Um, but overall, like I love this film a lot. I definitely would put it on again. Like it's mm-hmm. it'll be something that I will watch many, many times because it's just, it's, it's got like a real feel good vibe to it. And we haven't really discussed this, but briefly I'll just say the music is incredible. Yeah, and yeah. obviously Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas um, wrote those songs. And oh. so like, you can, you can see like I feel like the vibes are just so reflective of like Backstreet Boys yeah um and I, I was listening to the songs in the gym when I was working out the other day like they are catchy yeah and they're very like 90s I know this isn't a 90s film but they're very like reflective of like a teenage yeah. kind of vibe of boy band songs and stuff so I really appreciated the the music yeah um and also like the score music especially when they're in like the spirit world you know like when oh these, like, yeah that was beautiful oh the whole the spirit world bit beautiful absolutely stunning so that was beautiful as well so I think there's lots of like details to it that they really nailed um and and the, the food that oh. the dad was cooking literally I thought it was real food it I made was, me like, so hungry <laughs> incredible. But, like there was just some incredible detailing in it and I think the characters are like very like overwhelmingly positive like mm-hmm. characters as well and they, they're good role models and like I feel like we can all learn something something from this film regardless of who we are or what we look like I think some people yeah. need to be more open-minded and embrace this film and you know think about what it means to other people um, and how they you can learn yeah. from it you know so yes it's a really long-winded uh, so your score <laughs> I think I'm gonna go like Kind of torn between two. I don't want to go too high, but I don't want to between go too low. Two and three. Can you imagine after that that discussion if I said that? I think, hmm, I think I'm going to go for eight point five actually okay. because I do think it's worthy of a high score. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it's obviously not perfect, and it's not up there with like my top top Pixar films. Um just because I don't know really why it just isn't sometimes it's just a feeling isn't it yeah it's just yeah exactly but I I do love it um so yeah I would give Mm -hmm. it an 8.5 that is my score how about (laughs) you (laughs) so I really enjoyed the film happily watch it again and I really love obviously the the mother-daughter relationships I really liked all of the themings and the messaging and the whole vibe of the film was just like fun and loving and I was here for it um yeah. me it fell down in like <coughs> excuse me oh <coughs> been hit again um the music was good I don't remember mm. any of it like that one for really? me like I don't I don't really I think it's it. so catchy I'm amazed I think they nailed the music for this not really like I obviously remember bits of the I really like the Chinese chant that was really cool and obviously like oh, they yeah. had that one song that kept going through from the four star mm. town people and um, yeah there we go and um, I don't like I remember kind of the vibe of the music being quite like upbeat and like it benefited the film well but I don't mm. for me it wasn't a standout part of the film um that's interesting that's I know different to how I feel about it Maybe I need to watch it again, but I just think I felt like an initial viewing. I didn't come away thinking, like when I came away from Encanto, obviously it was a bit different because the musical, oh, yeah. but I came yeah. away like, wow, like that music was just incredible. And these moments mm. with the music were just so well. That wasn't what I've come away with from this film. It was more like about the relationships and the 
the themes yeah. were the big wow for me um oh yeah same was... I just really enjoyed the music yeah <laughs> um so that was a bit of like a as we know I'm a big music music fan so it was a bit of like a mm. shame that I'd come away not really remembering any of the songs <laughs> um mm. and obviously there were some issues with like we say like some still like stereotyping um mm. and for me another problem I had was the pacing like I did feel like mm. in the middle it fell off a little bit. I did feel like it was maybe a little bit yeah. too long as a film. Um, I felt the middle bit, like when she was trying to like, you know, collect all of her, the, the money and that, like that section for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was the pacing or whether it just felt a bit too young at times and like the style was a bit off. That was one thing as well as I think throughout the film, like the style of the film just seemed to shift quite a lot. Like it would shift from being like kind of like anime style, if you like, you know, we'd have like mm. the kind of zoomed in on the eye heart dramatic faces. You had yeah. that mixed in with like very serious, like long drawn out, big graphic situations mm-hmm. too. So I felt that was a little bit contrasting at times. And um, so I wonder if there was just a bit in the middle where I felt a bit like I lost, they lost me just a little bit. And I can't work out whether yeah. it was pacing or t- like tone. I'm not really sure. Um, mm. So yes, but overall, I did really enjoy it. I'd happily watch it again. It was a very feel good mm. film. And for me, one of my favorite moments in the whole film was where I really started to cry was when May goes and finds her mum in the forest in the spirit world as a teenager oh, yeah the, the creativity and the beauty and the originality of that scene was just stunning mm. and I think when you mentioned mm. before about that balance between the parent and the child that was just so innovative yeah. and so clever and the idea of showing that actually like your parents were kids once too yeah um and that you know parents are humans and they have their own stuff they're also dealing with probably still from when they were kids yeah um that for me was just I was like this is just so beautiful um mm-hmm. as an idea and the fact that like May had oh god I'm gonna get emotional thinking about it again now when the fact that May was like come on mom like it's okay we can do oh, oh. I oh. know the fact that she was like supporting like her and mom, she like lifts like, her mum up by the hands and yeah. walks her out of the forest and honestly just, yeah. that was one of the most beautiful moments I think I've seen in a film in a really long time mm. um so that was a big just beautiful 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 lovely. so yeah. my score with all of that in mind is I'm an eight um because mm. I think I really enjoyed the film I'd watch it again and the, the problems I had with it were like only small problems you know what I mean yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't yeah. watching it again so that's where I'm at number eight bless you thank you I you've been hit by like a cough and a sneeze at the end and they're so emotional <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the podcast and um, for today not forever so yeah, thank you so-, <laughs> so thank you for listening to this quite long intense one we hope you've enjoyed I'm going to sneeze again Rosie oh no oh, it's, it's, it's not going to go now oh no I'll try my best sorry <laughs> Okay, so if you've enjoyed this episode and my sneezes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Podbean or kind of any other Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. All the places. Anywhere a podcast can be heard, you'll probably find our voices. (laughs) Um, So you can listen to us anywhere and everywhere. Following us is the best thing to do because you get notifications when our episodes are out, especially at the moment when they're a little bit less regular with like holidays and work schedules and stuff like usually we do aim for two every other week we will release one mm. at the weekend but sometimes depending on commitments that can vary and um, so if you kind yeah. of want to be the first to know when our episode is out on live following us is the best way to do it again you can leave a review we'd love to read them and you can leave recommendations in there for any type of film or episode or 
TV series or songs that you want us to talk about, pop it in a review, or you can drop us an email or a message via Instagram. Um, our Instagram is at Sprinkle Disney Podcast. You can head there to see more fun facts, Disney quotes, find our merch, just say hi, <laughs> get some behind the scenes um, insights there as well. And if you're a small business who would like to do some ads um, throughout the um, podcast that we do, we do offer small business um, ad slots for um, small shops, Disney or non-Disney. Um, so you can get in touch with us over on Instagram for more details there. Yes. And also, as Katie said, on our Instagram, there is, you know, pictures of our adventures that we've had and all of our favourite quotes. So it's just like a general hub of like all things a sprinkle of Disney. So do it might add a sprinkle of Disney to your day. <laughs> it might, it might just. <laughs> um, and coming up next time, we have a top five episode. So you may have heard some episodes in this format before. Like we've done our top five Pixar films. We've done our top five attractions in Disneyland Paris. Um, so we basically have our list of our top five of something that that might be like a sidekick. It might be like a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And then we have to also guess what the other person uh, their top five is going to be as well and it's always a very funny episode <laughs> I think um, yeah because, you know some people like to cheat and um yeah, yeah they bung, do don't bung they really more do. in can't count to five apparently mm, also um, can't play so, the game at all but hey ho it's quite um, a competitive episode as you can gather. <laughs> um but they're so much fun and it's it's also funny to see how much we know about each other True. as well so and if you listen yeah. to our last episode you're probably thinking wait <laughs> wasn't top five supposed to be this episode you're not wrong um (laughs) but a schedule change because of life commitments so you got a bonus we didn't address at the beginning we probably should because people were expecting a completely different episode (laughs) so that's next time yeah don't worry yeah we haven't ignored it it's on the way and um yes we will we'll be doing a top five of some description but it's a surprise which makes it more intriguing (laughs) so keep an eye out for that episode um but in the meantime feel free to contact us on our email a sprinkle of disney podcast at gmail.com with any feedback any inquiries that you may have um just feel free to send us an email or a dm um but from the both of us have a magical rest of the day